in Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Arthur Stone. And with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Thank you for having me on your podcast, Art. <laughs> oh, well, 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 You're welcome to be here. What? What was that show that used to be on PBS? <laughs> the McLaughlin Group? <laughs> That's me, Jim McLaughlin. <laughs> reference is going over my head, but I like the voice. Art, quick question for you. <laughs> uh, hey, Andy, welcome. Mm, hi, Art. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. And listeners, welcome to the show. Hey, listeners, glad that you're here. Glad that you're here. Glad that we're here. Glad that it's another day with you. Another day with you. Hey, Andy. Uh, oh, boy, Art. do we got a heavy hitting topic sent in. By a friend of the show and oh, listener. Wow, yeah. We have a list, another listener-submitted topic. Um, Art, today's today's topic comes to us from one of our overseas listeners. That's right. Uh, this t- comes to us from Chris in Berlin. That's right. Uh, fittingly, Chris uh, asked us to review the conspiracy that uh, Hitler never died at the end of World War II and escaped to South America or somewhere else and lived out his life. Yeah. The uh the possibility that he he f- he fled Europe <laughs> and got away scot free. That's right. Uh hey, if uh you want to uh ask us or ask Mr. Bunker rather, the titular bunker to mm-hmm. uh make us review a topic on this here radio pro program podcast. It's not a radio program. Uh, you can turn us to 860 on your AM dial, and there we'll be. 869. Uh, 420, 420 on the AM dial. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, you can email us, uh, at com or tweet at us. Tweet us at mrbunkerpod. Or hit us up on the Instagrams. I guess you could slide into some DMs there. You want to slither, you want to slither into our DMs, you <laughs> wriggly little listeners. You little worms. Ooh, get in there. You're a worm, listeners. Art and You're I, but a worm. Art and I are like rotting pieces of fruit, and <laughs> y'all are like maggots. Get in there and wiggle inside of us. <laughs> Spread your disease and love around inside of us. Ooh, wait, we're a peach. We're a bruised peach. A bruised peach. We're the bruised bananas of podcasting. Hey, Andy. Mm. Uh, you know, sometimes listeners don't want to listen to two bruised bananas of podcasting. Talk it up. <laughs> 
they want to get right that's to that's true. They they heard they 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 said, "Oh my god, they're talking about Hitler and Argentina. That's my favorite topic of all time. I can't yeah. get enough." I want to go straight to the research. Listeners, if you want to get straight to the research, don't don't wait. Don't <laughs> pass go. Collect $200. In the show notes on look in your whatever podcasting app or service you use, check the show notes right at the results top. may vary. Results may vary. The <laughs> check the top uh, right there at the top. We'll have a timestamp that will tell you when we get to the research. So if you don't want the banter, you just want the meat. You you want to you don't want to get any of that enchilada sauce. You don't want any cheese. You don't want any tortilla. You just want to dig right into the filling. Check the timestamp and then just, you know, take the slider. That's right. And just slide it over. Then you just scrub on to the down. specified time. That's right. So easy. Uh, anyway, but first, so easy. So breezy. So bunkerful. <laughs> oh, wow. That was lovely. <laughs> so easy. So breezy. So bunkerful. Hey, maybe it'll catch on. <laughs> maybe it, it'll catch on. <laughs> Maybe he's born with it. Maybe it'll catch on. Maybe it'll catch on. <laughs> That's what they used to say about me when I was a teenager. <laughs> he obviously wasn't born with it. Maybe it'll catch on. Oh, well, maybe, I thought the opposite would be true. Is they're thinking maybe he was born with it? Like this like <laughs> this rare disease condition? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but first, Andy and I like to do a little warm up. We like to greet each other while we're down here in the bunker. And we like to talk about how Mr. Bunker, the titular Mr. Bunker, captured us this week. Art and I need to connect and we like to catch up with each other. That's right. Um, so what we like to do, we like to share how we ended up in the bunker every week. Mm-hmm. And Art, um, I have a bit of a doozy for you. You got a doozy? Uh, I don't know if it's a doozy. Bunker's back to his old tricks. He's, he's up to his old tricks. And- L- longtime listeners of the show will know that uh, in show lore, you and the titular Bunker have had a bit of a a back and forth. Your relationship is a little bit uh, tumultu- tumultuous. Uh, is that fair to say? Yeah, we're like oil. How much mulch? Uh, it's very mulchy. <laughs> uh, we're, like, we're like oil and water. Mm. Um, I'm... He's water and I'm the oil. Yeah. Obviously. I would have said piss and vinegar because you're a real piss freak. <laughs> I love, I uh, take a golden shower every morning. Uh, we're like, uh, we're like George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Oil and Fire. <laughs> <laughs> a grease fire. Yeah. Or my favorite, the not as well known George R.R. R. Martinelli's. Oil and Parmesan cheese. Oh, you can mix it up. Put oh, it on some good. Bread. Dip, dip a sub of focaccia in there. Oh, give me a little of the gabagoo. All right, Andy, let's hear how the titular Mr. Bunker uh, captured you this week. All right. So, Art, it's, uh, you know, the weather's nice here in the Chicagoland area, which Ooh, means. Oh, yeah, it's getting nice and breezy. It's getting the sun's going away. And you know what nice weather means in this city? Uh, I have to start taking vitamin D pills. Why do you have to start when the weather's nice? You just go outside. Oh, but you don't go outside. That's right. <laughs> you should really take it all year. <laughs> I probably should. What I was thinking of specifically is that it means there's freaking street festivals everywhere. Oh, my God. You got Rib Fest. You got Greek Fest. You got... That's it. That's it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got Taste of Chicago. You got the your Lollapaloozas, your Riot Fest. That's right. Your, uh, you know, there's, there's this, this is a city that loves Wing festivals. Fest. Wing Fest. 
this city loves festivals um almost as much as it loves gun crime and i think it was rachel mason that said once this this people in this city love an excuse to drink maybe it wasn't her it might have been somebody else it could have been somebody else somebody said this once unknown an, a teacher unknown and then the whole thing in quotes michael scott right yeah the, uh, this but the city loves an excuse to drink and we're a drinking city. And so there's street festivals aplenty. Oh yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of street festivals. Let me say that. Okay. I, I, uh, I hear your complaint and, uh, I think I will call. <laughs> okay. In this poker battle of, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. discussion that we're having. Well, okay. I see your call and I'm going to raise you and say that, uh, I don't like the crowds that much. I don't like um, the crowds. I typically don't like to pay for admission to walk down a street. Well, to be fair, some of them are free and they they this suggest that you give a donation. You can just say, oh, I'm just passing through and they'll go, sure you are. And I'm like, right. no, seriously, the train is that way. How else am I supposed to I cross I would just Clark rather street? avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's too much of a quagmire for me, in my opinion. Uh, I, I'll feel you that. And uh, I'll say this. <laughs> No, don't. You Is it we still going with poker? Yeah, okay, I'll feel you that. <laughs> Hit me. <laughs> what are we playing? Yeah, poker on my dice. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't like eating hot food out in the hot sun. <laughs> Give me some cold food outdoors. Oh, I'm serious. Like, do you like eating a pipe and hot fucking, uh, you know, piece of hot food when the sun's blaring down your neck? You know, I'm not such a fan of alfresco dining anyway. Okay. I I kind of right, like Mr. European. What does that mean? <laughs> Outdoors dining. <laughs> oh, I got you. I don't like eating in the outside. I got you. Uh, I went to uh, Apple Fest. Like I said, there's a fest no, for everything in uh, Silicon Valley. And <laughs> no, <laughs> were you there with Tim Cook? <laughs> no, but I <laughs> did hold Steve Jobs' hand while he died. <laughs> Steve Jobs and I were great friends. I killed Steve Jobs. <laughs> I fed Stunning him all the uh, I fed him all the 1960s designs that he lifted all Apple products from. Yeah, Braun. Braun. It's called. I think the company was called Braun. It was a German company. Yeah. Uh, and if you Seems look at a lot of their designs, foreshadowing very, very related today. Uh, very similar to how Apple does it. Anyway, Apple Fest, it was cold outside, mm -hmm. and I, I ate a hot brat and some hot, brat. hot apple cider, and it was great because it was cold out. Yeah. Oh, Andy, I was wearing a sweater. It's chilly, but not too chilly. But still, the crowds, man. It's the, it's the, the people are a problem for Who me. Who likes lines? Uh, so, against my better judgment, I went to a street festival. Okay. okay. You went to a street fest. Um, I, I, I you know... What was the nature of this street fest? This is one of these. This is one of these community street. Just fests. community street. Local fest. vendors. They've got Art, a stage set up for you know performance. Like just typically music, right? Yeah, like any neighborhood. Name a neighborhood. They have a street fest, right? And in fact, at this street fest, uh, there was a band playing. Oh, uh, and no less than a Bon Jovi cover band. Get out of town! And you know how much I love Bon Jovi. Oh, baby, um, on a steel horse does Andy ride? ride. I'm wanted. You're, you're wanted in a couple states. Mostly dead. <laughs> anyway, this this Bon Jovi cover band, they're called Backdoor to Heaven. Uh, and honestly, Art, 
They're pretty good. They were good? They were good. Like Some cover bands really have it. Um, I, You know, I don't always like cover bands because I kind of feel like I, there's, okay. I'm, I'm conflicted. Okay. All right. Let me just, I'll say this. I probably don't need to go into it. No, Nobody go cares. into it. No, people care. Cover band musicians, these are talent, people who are talented. Sure. Um, They do a good job of, of, of sometimes emulating the source material. But at the end of the day, I'm like, eh, you're, just, you're playing somebody else's music. Damn. Wow. You're really putting it to all the cover bands. I know. There. And I don't. Listeners out there who are in a cover band. Cover band hey, you want to tweet at us and tell me Andy how fucking wrong he is? Light him up. Light me up. Again, I said these are talented people. Okay. You kind of, you left hand complimented them though. You said, yeah, you're talented, but you can't write your own. You can't make it in your own music. It wasn't exactly the compliment sandwich. It was more like. I caressed the cheek and then I slapped it. <laughs> but anyway, Backdoor to Heaven's playing. Sure. They're pretty good. I'm I'm having a good time listening to them. After they're set, I go up to them and I just want to tell them like how much I like the show. You know, you and I are performers. We've been on stage before. Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel, Arguable. I feel, yeah. I mean, we're not anything. I mean, I've never done anything... <laughs> That shows any level of skill like a musician does. <laughs> yeah. Even untalented musicians. <laughs> Not that Backdoor to Heaven's untalented, but, um, you know, I feel a kinship with other performers and it's, it's, you need to support each other. Sure. So I went to tell them that how, how thing, how much I enjoyed their, their set. And yeah. A little compliment goes a long way. Yeah. And, you know, they were, they were friendly people. Uh, we start having a conversation. You know me. I'm a gregarious person. Oh, you love to chit chat. And so I get into a conversation with them. And, uh, you know, they're, they've they been playing the set. They suggest, let's stop by one of these vendors for food. I'm like, great idea. Obviously, I'm going to eat. I'm such a fucking pig. <laughs> and uh, so there's this place with ribs. So we go there. Oh, I love ribs. Who right? doesn't love ribs? I guess I'm a cannibal. I'm such a pig. I order it. <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> I I order a slab of beef ribs because a rack of pork ribs isn't enough food for me. Uh, so good God Almighty, you make one Bay of Pigs joke, <laughs> listeners, fucking twenty episodes ago, and you never hear the end. You'll never live it down. <laughs> so these ribs are good, but I'm telling you, Art, this barbecue sauce that they had, yeah, absolutely delicious. Wow. Now, what kind of barbecue sauce was it? Um, I'm talking like a Carolina, where it's vinegary. So we're talking mustard. We're talking more like a Memphis style mm, sauce here. So okay, there's tomato. There's sweet. There's heat. Kind of uh, like an all around a good a good amount of of like black pepper which I like a lot. Yeah. Um, it's not too thick. It's not Whoa. too sweet. I like the level of spice in it. Nice. I'm like this is a delicious. Those barbecue overly sauce. sweet barbecue sauces. Those can fucking you flush that shit down the toilet, listeners. <laughs> that's what I have to say. <laughs> wow. You you go go have some fucking brown sugar and molasses if that's what I you want. I think there's room in everybody's kitchen for a cornucopia of barbecue sauces. Okay. There's so many different applications. All right. Art. Open your mind and shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, this barbecue sauce is great. Yeah. I go back to the vendor, the, you know, the little booth and whatever. And I ask if I can get some more sauce from the guy at the booth. Um, he grabs a bottle that they have in the back and he's going to give it to me. And he kind of like, he fumbles it. Oh, geez. Like he fumbles it. And I can see as I'm watching him with this bottle, I can see in his eyes though, this isn't just an accident. Oh, no. This is a malevolent fumble. Oh, my God. 
He grabs the bottle in midair. He catches it. He stops it from hitting the ground. Oh, wow. But he grabs it in, in such a way that like it just like squirts barbecue sauce out. And I get absolutely covered in like a cartoonish amount of sauce. Like you're from covered this in the sauce, and all of a sudden your eyes open and they're blinking like boop boop. And those are the only right, features that you see. Like everything else like it's a like, cartoon. It's like uh it's like a ghost made out of barbecue sauce and just my eyes blinking. If you were a ghost, that's what <laughs> that's you would what be. That's what I would be, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. When I die <laughs> and I ascend Bury me in barbecue. And I ascend to my next form. Um so I'm absolutely covered in barbecue sauce. Mm. And this barbecue sauce must have had that whatever ingredient makes that magic shell ice cream topping. Oh yeah, fudge. Because it instantly hardens. Oh, just like me. Just like yeah. Art has an enormous erection. <laughs> I see an Andy covered in barbecue sauce. I'm thinking I'm like a piece so of So here I am in front of this booth covered in barbecue sauce <laughs> and I'm completely frozen. Oh. Unable to I'm like Han Solo. I'm like a fat Han Solo. <laughs> okay, well covered you know what? <laughs> And, and this one's just you. I'm like flan solo. <laughs> I'm a, a lump of pudding encased in carbonite barbecue sauce. Oh my god. A flatbed truck pulls up. What? And drags me like they put a chain on me. This gloppy mound of hardened barbecue sauce pulls me onto the bed oh, wow. of the truck. And this dr- in this truck, this flatbed truck, drives to the bunker, all while back door to heaven is just standing there, gape jawed, unable to comprehend what they've just seen. Wow. Wow. Andy, I, I mean, when you got here, did you lick yourself clean? I mean, what happened? Yeah, I went full cat on it, <laughs> and... I licked every part of my body I could reach. That barbecue sauce was good. I mean, and Andy is very flexible, listeners. You don't know this, but I know this. I've seen Andy flex or stretch. Both. I've seen him stretch. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I have to say, not such a terrible way to get captured. Yeah. I did get to eat those ribs. Uh, yeah. Bunker usually deprives me of whatever food item That's I'm trying true. to stuff he into my famously maw. gave. Famously gave you uh, bad linguine and clams. Yeah, that's probably his most famous abduction story. <laughs> and uh, you got sick from that. So I did. I got food poisoning. Yeah. So at least um, this time he gave you some. He said, you know what? You, you called him out and he said, you know what? You want to fucking eat? You want to fucking eat, you little piece of shit? Here you go. You like donuts? <laughs> that have all the donuts in the world! <laughs> Is that... Uh, that's a Simpsons Treehouse yeah, of Horror reference, yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, then the, the barbecue sauce was was very good art. It was a good sauce. Now, I don't know if he, this is his recipe or... Oh, it could be his recipe. Or if he stole it. Well, obviously he has skills in culinary arts. He does. Besides his amazing skills in illusion and deception and... Uh, uh, artwork. Artwork, scenery... He's clearly got a CDL. Skills. Yeah, he's got a CDL for sure. <laughs> He can drive all manners of vehicles. He can drive vehicles. a car wash. <laughs> <laughs> he's got skills. Yeah. He just he's just but, so bashful. But he's just so bashful. And listeners, long time listeners skills know this. pay the bills? 
I think so. The lights are still on here. It's got me there. I mean, it kind of smells like cat shit in here, but you know. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> that might be me. Could be anything. I did blow up the bunker potty before you got here. Oh, God. The open face toilet that we have here in the bunker, famously. Yeah. Longtime listeners will know that uh, there's no uh, stall around the toilet. It's just open sitting next to the kitchen. Hey, folks, we're open face toilet. Can we get a suggestion of anything at all? It's <laughs> a great improv team name. Improv for you tonight. <laughs> Uh, Andy, it's funny that you bring up a band. Oh, because my abduction story also involves a band. Whoa! And I gotta say, mine wasn't as fun as yours. Oh, because here's the thing: you well, got to go. You got to go. You got to enjoy your street fest. Yeah, I got to. I got to watch the whole back door to heaven set. You got to watch the whole set. I, on the other hand, did not get to watch the set that I wanted to see. As you know, Andy. Uh, you may or may not know this. Listen to this. I am a huge Buck Cherry fan. <laughs> I mean, Andy, you know Buck Cherry, right? I know Buck Cherry. You know some Buck Cherry. Yeah. I'm, I go fucking Buck Wild for Buck Cherry, baby. I think the Whoa, only- I can't get enough Buck Cherry. Was that that one song where it's like, you're crazy? Andy, I got it queued up. Let's let the okay. listeners, we're going to play a little, a little taste. Enough that we don't get in trouble. Right. A little this, taste. We're going to play a little taste in- in f- fewer than 30 seconds, <laughs> so we don't get sued. Of uh, of my favorite band on the planet, Buck Cherry, baby. Woo! Love me some Buck Cherry. <laughs> there it is, Buck Cherry. This is the song I was thinking about. Yo, crazy bitch, but you fuck so good, I'm on top of it. Woo! Love that music, Andy. Can't get enough. I love tattoo sleeves. Yeah. I love Ed Hardy clothing. I love singing about sex. Yeah, hell yeah. And I love singing about drugs. You know all their songs, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the- Lit whole, up. The whole Buck Cherry Cannon. Yeah, baby. I'm all lit up again. I love the cocaine. I love the cocaine. Woo, I love Buck Cherry. Can't get enough Buck. I go buck nasty for some buck cherry, baby. Waiting a lot of bang for your buck. Oh yeah. Songs written by virgins for virgins. Woo! Woo! You crazy. <laughs> Songs about crazy bitches that love to fuck and scratch your back. Oh yeah. <laughs> buck cherry. Woo! Let's do drugs, baby. Love this music. Woo! Okay. I love fucking buck cherry. <laughs> pop my cherry, buck cherry. Buck cherry, pop my cherry. They popped his buck cherry. Woo! Buck cherry. <laughs> Folks, if you weren't familiar with buck cherry, we just popped your buck cherry. We're going to pop now. your buck cherries. Fucking go crazy, man. I love all their songs. I want to do something and it rhymes with my name, but it's not Puck. That's a great one. <laughs> That's the name of a buck cherry song? Could be. Woo! Love buck cherry. Can't get enough. Yeah. Anyway, so buck cherry was in town. They're still performing. <laughs> They're still touring. Oh, I was excited, man. Where were they playing? Uh, Allstate Arena. Allstate, yeah, that feels about right. Yep, they could fucking sell out the Allstate, I'm <laughs> they sure. They sold it out. All of us fucking buck nasty, buck wild <laughs> fans. Buck. Cherry nuts. Buck fuckers. <laughs> Woo! I'm a buck, I'm a buck fucker. Yeah. Gonna go to Fud Record, get my buck on. Spend a buck. <laughs> buck, buck footers. I'm going to buck fuckers. <laughs> For a taste. Bud Buckers. Bud Buckers. <laughs> Woo, I love going to Bud Fuckers. Give me a, a burger and then listen to some Buck Cherry, baby. Woo! 
Woo yeah, cocaine. Ed Hardy. <laughs> fucking love that shit, man. So Buck Cherry was in town. I was excited. I got myself some fucking tickets real quick. Hopped on to Ticketmaster.com. <laughs> were you waiting for that? You oh, I call. I was hitting waiting. refresh on the browser. Refresh. Waiting for the thing to open. Woo, baby! I said, Buck Cherry. I said, hell yeah. Yeah. I can't get enough. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. I was going buck wild. <laughs> I was bucking and bronking like I was on a a fucking Bronco baby. Woo! Yeah, you buck were, Jerry. You were riding that. Which is another great song Bronco where they talk style. about having sex with a woman, which is cool. It's and very cool. She was cool. bucking. <laughs> and he made a lot of allusions to her being a horse. <laughs> it was hot. <laughs> Woo! I love Buck Cherry. Anyway, so I go to see Buck Cherry, and I'm getting excited. I'm lining up. I got yeah. my Buck Terry, Buck Cherry t-shirt. Buck, Buck Terry is a different band. Yeah, Buck Terry, enemies of Buck Cherry. Not, not a good band. I'm wearing those fake arm sleeve tattoos. You ever seen those before? Yeah, of course. I want to fit in. Yeah. I dyed my hair uh, blonde, but my roots were still dark. Yeah. You know, right. famously, I have very dark hair. Right. So I just dyed the top blonde. So you went with a Guy Fieri? I went with a kind of a Frost Guy Fieri. Tips. You know, had five o'clock shadow. I was ready, baby. Yeah. Couldn't wait for some... I was going alone. Anna didn't join Anna me. didn't want to go? No, she didn't want to join me. <laughs> I don't know why, she's, man. She's not a buck footer. Not a buck footer. Great fucking band, though. So I'm showing up, and I'm I'm walking in there. We're talking about lines, right? Yeah. There's this line for me to get in. I figured, this is the line to get in. And You're right. Start looking around. I'm seeing, not seeing a lot of buck cherry shirts. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, am I in the right place? Maybe yeah. there's something else going on at Allstate, you know? Uh, famously, Allstate has uh, flea markets and other things that happen in the parking lot. Yeah. During the day. Maybe I'm in the wrong spot. <laughs> then be. I start looking and I start seeing, I, this is not Buck Cherry, Andy. No? This was Bunk Sherry. Wait. This was Bunk Sherry. Not Bunk Sherry? Not Bunk Buck Cherry. It was Bunk, bunk Sherry. Bunk Sherry? Yeah, Bunk Sherry. All these people are like, they're all lining up with these Bunk Sherry shirts. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? Bunk Sherry? And all of a sudden, there he comes. Wailing on a guitar, like uh, you, you remember the dude from Mad Max? Yeah, the, the guitar psycho guy, and yeah. he's playing the song, and the, and fire's, the fire's coming out. He's he's riding along. That's him. Yeah, and the, on, on like a buckmobile. Wow, uh, the buckmobile, the buckmobile, and he's playing the guitar, and his fire's going everywhere. I'm thinking the bunkmobile. I'm thinking if only Buck Cherry could see this shit, <laughs> yeah. they'd write a killer fucking song about Bunk, it. Buck Buck Cherry would love that. Buck Cherry would get all over that. Was baby. he playing a Buck Cherry song? He was just kind of riffing and and grooving, and I was entranced by it. I was thinking, yeah, sure. hell yeah. But then, of course, as you know, I got it was actually like a modified forklift, and he just scooped me up. <laughs> Wait, a forklift or you know, like a forklift that had like a dumpster or not a dumpster, but like, like a, a front end loader. Yeah, front end loader on it just kind of mm-hmm. scooped me up. But scooped I was you into a bucket. So anyway, that's why my hair is dyed, <laughs> and I have these uh, tattoo arm sleeve yeah things and this you, buck cherry shirt. You you look real these stupid tight. <laughs> Jeans. I don't look stupid, dude. I look like I have lots of sex. Yeah, you do. Ed Hardy, sex, cocaine, art. That's me. Buck Cherry, baby. Bucking for life. Buck Buck Cherry forever. Buck Cherry Cherry never. Buck Cherry can go to hell. Buck Cherry, (laughs) ring my bell. So he abducted you. What about all these people that were there to see Bunk Sherry? Who knows? I think he just paid a bunch of people to wear Bunk Sherry shirts. <sighs> you know me. I don't pay attention sometimes. 
Yeah. I listened to, I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, you bought tickets to Bunk Cherry thinking it was Buck Cherry. It said Bunk Cherry, I swear, Buck Cherry, I swear to God. <laughs> it probably said Bunk Cherry. It was probably a fake ticket website, for all I know. <laughs> yeah, you you just, all you did was give your credit card number to the people in Romania. Yeah, now fucking Bunker has my credit card number. Yeah. So what's going to happen next? I can only imagine you're going to have a lot of charges to costume shops. Jeez. Well, it won't be any different. Anyway, mm. listeners, what's going to happen next for you is you got to pause this fucking podcast and go listen to God yeah, damn, go Buck listen Cherry. To the Buck Cherry catalog. Woo! Buck Cherry. That's what <laughs> happens for you next. Don't come back till you're done. That's your homework. Uh, no, next, you're going to hear all of our research, the whole enchilada, yum, yum, yum. as we call it on... Uh, Andy, what should we call this? Are we going to call it Hitler in Argentina or Hitler escaped... How do we encapsulate this? Um, you know, there's been uh, um, uh, 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 um, sock it to me. Let's call it the flight of the Hitler. Hitler's flight. Uh, it's coming to you now here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Art, yeah. World War II was unquestionably one of the most widespread conflicts in human history. Estimates have it that 70 to 85 million people died as a result of the war. Adjusting to today's dollars, World War II cost the USA alone just over $4 trillion. The war reshaped the geopolitical landscape in ways that still impact our lives today. Needless to say, despite our age and general lack of intelligence and useful knowledge, uh, we're aware of World War II. I'm aware of it. So let's kick this uh, this show off in this way, Art. Give me and the listeners your blanket thoughts on World War II. Well, Andy, for starters, uh, war is bad. Okay. <laughs> Hot take. Woo! <laughs> Scorching. Uh, you know, World War II has that, it probably is the last romanticized war. That's fair to say. I know what you mean. Uh, in a way that uh, history, the History Channel used to basically spend all of its time on World War II and right. nothing else sometimes. Because it was, uh, in a way, it was romanticized. It was this, uh, whether you know, you can, whether that's right or wrong, I'm just saying is that as more of a kind of a fact. People reenact, the people talk, you know, they, ha- they play like miniature war games where they replay famous World War II battles. How many fucking movies have there been about just World War II and its battles and its struggles and the the theater of it all? Yeah. Uh, the dog fights, the and, and it was kind of the one of the last, maybe not the last, but maybe this is wrong because again, we're you know we have a lack of intelligence, and uh, you know more about history than I do, but it kind of maybe it felt like the last war where it was like, what was the clear motive? Right. It was like to stop. Well, for the the European theater, it was to stop, you know, 
yeah. uh, the Nazis. And for the Pacific Theater, it was to stop, you know, the Empire of Japan. Right. That was, it was like, it, it was more clear. Whereas I feel like the wars after that were more like, we're going to fight ideas. <laughs> we're going to fight, uh, like, you know. Don't forget the Italian fascists. Well, they played such a big part in it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they like want to like, weren't they like kind of going to Hitler to be like, uh, hey, we kind of want to, we're not really into this <laughs> or no, am I wrong? <laughs> like at one point they were just kind of like, listen, you took this way farther than we ever thought. <laughs> Look, we just wanted North Africa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know what I mean though about like it kind of being like, it was like a clear, we got to stop this evil. There was an evil empire. Yes. It wasn't. It wasn't a, a loose confederation of, of individuals. Yeah. Whereas you know same... you, you get like you get the Korean conflict, you get Vietnam, you get Desert Storm. A lot of these wars, you know, are kind of. It's feeling like, you know, it's this big superpower against this like guerrilla identity sort of thing, and it's just messy, and it's like. There's battles, but they're not like as defined as they were in World War II. It was like, this is the Battle of Berlin. This is when the conflict in blah, blah, blah started. The forces were here. They took this city here. This is what happened. Yeah. These were the allies. These were the Axis. Good evil. Not to say, not to overgeneralize it either, because obviously it was much more complex than that. But yeah, I see where you're coming from, though. I think that's the broad idea of it all. Well said, Art. Thank you. And today, specifically, as we all know, we're talking about the end of the war in Europe. We're talking about the suggestion that Adolf Hitler, leader of Nazi Germany, fled Europe at the close of the war and escaped to Argentina or somewhere else in South America. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, we don't have time uh, to get into the whole history of World War II. Plus, I think most of our listeners probably have at least a baseline familiarity with the general conflict. Some might live in areas where the actual conflicts took place. Chris? <laughs> uh, if you don't know anything about World War II, though, go to your preferred Googling device and shout WW2 <laughs> at it until it gets you some more details. Um, all that said, I do think that a little historical context for today's topic is, is useful. Now, Art, as the resident uh, World War II expert here in the bunker, uh, um, would you like to do the honors? Oh, yeah, of course, Andy. I, I am the resident expert, you right? Are? Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, in early 1945, both the Soviet Red Army and the Western Allies were advancing through Germany and other Nazi positions in Europe. With Soviet leader Joseph Stalin's forces approaching Hitler, holed up in a bunker, much like ourselves, <laughs> underneath Berlin, unlike ourselves, uh, which was the Nazi capital and, in fact, the German capital still today. Ooh, interesting twist. Hitler's official title in the Nazi government was Führer, which uh, means leader or guide, and the title of the head of state in Hitler's regime. It, it was the titer, title of the head of it was like a president or a prime minister. He was right. the Führer. Yeah. The name of Hitler's bunker, therefore, was the Führerbunker, which is fun to say. <laughs> the Führerbunker. 
Uh, why doesn't Mr. Bunker have a name for his bunker? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe that be, will be revealed to us someday Ooh. in the canon. Ooh. <laughs> I'm licking my chops thinking of that. <laughs> the Führer Bunker was located on the site of the Reich Chancellery. It even had a staircase leading up to the Chancellery uh, Garden, one of Hitler's favorite spots. Art, art, art. Yeah. There's a historical tie-in here. Oh, boy. That also corresponds to actual people we've talked about on this podcast before. So, you know, I have to dive into it, even though it's not very relevant to this topic. Your diversions are going to get us in trouble, Andy, but fine. (laughs) Okay, listeners, listeners, okay. So, the Reich Chancellery. Hitler had a new chancellery constructed in 1938, but it shared the chancellery garden with the old Reich Chancellery building. The old Reich Chancellery building was the former palace of Antoni Radziwill, the Polish and Prussian nobleman whose great-great-grandson, Stosh Radziwill, was married to Lee Bouvier, Jackie Bouvier Kennedy Onassis' sister, whom you might remember from our Bobby Kennedy episode. Okay, that's it. Great, cool. As I was saying... That was actually very interesting. Thank you. Wow. The Führer bunker was underground on the Reich Chancellery site. Hitler moved into the Führer bunker on January 16th, 1945. On April 16th, 1945, the Soviet Red Army launched an offense, an offensive on Berlin. Berlin. Jeez, I'm having trouble today. Berlin is the uh, city in Ohio that's spelled the same. But because it's in Ohio, it's pronounced and differently. Berlin is what a hunky 70s guy does. He goes around, I'm Berlin. Yeah. I'm Burley. Burley Burt Reynolds. I used to buy Berlin paper towels. <laughs> anyway, the uh, Red Army was encircling the city uh, of Berlin on uh, by April 19th. So Hitler allegedly made his last trip above ground on April 20th. <laughs> Smoke weed, or murder. 420. <laughs> Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> Which was also his 56th birthday. Uh, too bad it wasn't his 69th birthday. Yeah, even nice. <laughs> On April 22nd, Hitler allegedly accepted for the first time that he was going to lose the war. Yeah, better late than never. And he announced that he would stay in Berlin until the end and murder himself by gunshot. Now look, we don't really need any more proof of Hitler's general shittiness as a human being but nonetheless Fair. i'm gonna mention that hitler also considered suicide by cyanide capsule he didn't quite think cyanide would work so he had his doctor tested on his dog blondie who was successfully murdered by the capsule what a guy oh god jeez in the wee morning hours of april 29th hitler married his longtime sweetie eva braun in what can only be described as the most elegant wedding ever held in the Führer bunker. Undoubtedly had Undoubtedly. the papers buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> so great that no other weddings ever took place. Yeah. They couldn't pay a Couldn't comparison. top it. <laughs> Hitler honeymooned with his secretary in another room in the bunker where he dedicated his will. On the afternoon of the 29th, Hitler was informed of Italian fascist leader and Hitler's ally, Benito Mussolini, he was informed of his death and how Mussolini's body was strung up by its heels, thrown in the gutter, and mocked by Italians. Classic Italian move. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen. <laughs> We're lovers and fighters. Sometimes. Passionate people. <laughs> in the late morning of April 30th, Hitler was informed by one of his generals that the Nazis defending Berlin were likely to run out of ammunition later that day, and that the battle for Berlin would be over within a day. 
In the early afternoon on the 30th, Hitler and Eva Braun secluded themselves in Hitler's study. According to others in the bunker, they heard a gunshot, and after a little while, they went into the study. They found both Hitler and Braun's bodies, Hitler with a gunshot wound to the temple, and Eva, apparently the victim of a cyanide capsule. Then, in accordance with Hitler's wishes, his faithful Nazis his faithful Nazis carried his body and Eva Braun's body up the stairs to his beloved Chancellery Garden. The Nazis tried to burn up the bodies with gasoline, but the dang things wouldn't light. Shoo! <laughs> so they got a wad of papers through, though. And that did the trick. Oh, good, good tip. <laughs> they brought more gas cans to help burn them up real good. But they still didn't completely destroy the bodies. Shoo-wee. <laughs> the Nazis then lovingly concealed the remains in a crater left by a Soviet artillery shell. Oh, well, Art, Hitler was allegedly gone, but definitely not forgotten. On May 1st, the Nazis made a radio broadcast announcing Hitler's death. A Nazi general met with a Soviet general and informed him of the same, which the news then made its way to Stalin. Stalin, though, wanted proof that Hitler was dead, and so he ordered his Smirsch unit to find the body. Smirsch, which is fun to say, by the way, was the Soviet counterintelligence unit. Smirsch, the name, is a portmanteau derived from a Russian phrase which translates to death to spies. Oh, now, Smirsch did the trick and on May 4th found what were allegedly the charred remains of Hitler in that their shell crater. <laughs> the Soviets also rounded up Hitler's dentist's assistant and technician, who confirmed that jaw fragments found by Smirsch belonged to Hitler and Braun. The Soviets moved the bodies around a bit, burying them and reburying them a few times. Oh, God. Uh, but eventually, in 1970, they decided that Hitler's burial site might become sacred ground for neo-Nazis. So they dug up the bodies, burned them, crushed them, and then tossed the ashes into a nearby river. The Soviets did keep the teeth and a couple of skull fragments allegedly belonging to Hitler recovered from the shell crater in the archives in Moscow. Thus ends the tale of Adolf Hitler. Oh, but sweet Andy, that's where you're wrong. <laughs> Despite all this buzz about Hitler's death, stories persisted about his still being alive. In the late 40s and throughout the 50s, U.S. intelligence services recorded and investigated a number of leads that suggested Hitler was still alive. And more than a few of them said that Hitler was living in Argentina. Ooh. Surfing it up. Buenos Aires. Eating some meat. Now, listeners, you might be saying to yourselves, Argentina? How would Hitler end up in Argentina? Well, let me tell you. There's actually some historical precedent for such a scenario. Oh. In the early 1940s, the Vatican uh, engaged the Argentine government to set up a system whereby European Catholic immigrants could be encouraged to settle in Argentina. Fascists, including Nazis fleeing Europe after World War II, made use of these so-called rat lines to travel to Spain or Rome or possibly other locations and then onto Latin American countries. Eventually, certain members of the Catholic Church began actively helping Nazis escape Europe. All told, more than 300 Nazis escaped to Argentina. So how did Hitler do it? Well, here's the story. Near the end of the war, Hitler was spirited away from the Führer bunker and flown by the Luftwaffe to an airbase in Denmark. From Denmark, he hitched a U-boat and was delivered safely in Argentina. 
There are other versions of the story where Hitler goes to Spain and then to Argentina. There's some variation here. The book Grey Wolf, The Escape of Adolf Hitler by Simon Dunstan and Gerard Williams suggests that Hitler and Eva Braun fled to Argentina. Then, in 1954, Eva Braun left Hitler and moved in with their daughter. Hitler later died alone in 1962. Thus ends the tale of Adolf Hitler. Can you stop saying that at this point? You know it's not the end, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. You can see the script. I, yeah, I can see. I got. I read it. I mean, I wrote it. <laughs> so far, we've talked about the alleged way in which Hitler perished. We've also talked about the alternative hypothesis that he fled to Argentina. So let's dig into the origin and evidence, though. Shall we? In the immediate aftermath of the Battle of Berlin, Soviet commander... Marshal Zhukov told the newspapers that the Red Army had recovered Hitler's body. But Stalin went and told the papers that they didn't have Hitler's body. Sneaky Stalin. Zhukov eventually agreed with Stalin and told the press that Hitler might have escaped Berlin. Now, there's a couple of different ways you can look at this. Did Zhukov just speak too soon and the Soviets actually didn't recover Hitler's body? Or... Did Stalin have a ulterior motive for changing the story? Author Luke Daly Groves, who wrote the book Hitler's Death, The Case Against Conspiracy, sees the incident as an early example of Soviet fake news. It's fake news, baby. Daly Daly Groves believes that Hitler's remains were recovered, but that Stalin is lying about it. But Art, if Stalin is lying, why do it? Well... Well, Stalin. (laughs) Well, here, Daily Groves suggests that Stalin could have had a number of reasons for lying about having not having Hitler's body. Perhaps he wanted to discredit popular Soviet rivals like Zhukov by embarrassing them in the press. Stalin also could have been trying to discredit overseas rivals like the fascists in Spain and Argentina or in rival powers like the USA and the United Kingdom by making them look like Nazi harborers. Stalin may also have been trying to use the specter of a living Hitler as leverage in territorial disputes with the Allied powers. Keep in mind that at this point, Germany was partitioned. Uh, This happened right after the war. So there was some jockeying for control of territory. Maybe it's true, though, that uh, Stalin was just embarrassed at how the Soviet troops handled the investigation into Hitler's death. It was kind of bungled. For example... The first people the Soviets allowed in the Fuhrer bunker were a group of women who stole Eva Braun's lingerie. <laughs> you got to have a good panty raid. I mean, you know, she was the wife of the Fuhrer. She probably <laughs> had good undies. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all needed undies. We'll talk about it. Even though Stalin might have been lying, the Allies weren't taking any chances. Even before the end of the war, U.S. intelligence put out doctored images of Hitler to suggest how Hitler might have modified his appearance to flee Germany. Clearly, the Allies saw this as a real possibility. The UK eventually appointed historian and intelligence agent Hugh Trevor Roper to investigate the claims that Hitler lived. Trevor Roper uh, compiled eyewitness accounts which support the mainstream opinion on Hitler's death, that he and Eva Braun committed suicide and then the Nazis burned the bodies in the Chancellery Garden. Trevor Roper released a book called The Last Days of Hitler in 1947, which detailed the results of his investigation. Despite the book's release, rumors continued to persist and organizations 
like the CIA, continued to investigate. If Western powers were so certain that Hitler committed suicide, why keep digging into these rumors? Well, Art, Luke Daly Groves believes that intelligence services kept investigating stories about a living Hitler because they wanted to find out who was spreading the rumors, why they were doing it, and maybe in the process you find some other hidden Nazis you can bring to justice. In fact, in 1949, an intelligence service investigation found that rumors of Hitler's escape were inspiring neo-Nazi activity in occupied Germany. So clearly, there was some benefit to squashing the rumors. True enough, but not all the stories are just rumors. Keep in mind, some of these stories arise from the testimony of people actually close to Hitler. Luftwaffe captain Peter Baumgart uh, claimed to be one of the one of the one of those who flew Hitler to Denmark on April 28, 1945, stopping overnight in uh, Magdeburg on account of Allied bombings. Baumgart uh, made this claim during his trial for war crimes in Poland in 1947. The story got reported in newspapers across the globe. Naturally, this garnered the attention of Western powers. British intelligence carried out a six-month investigation into the claims in 1948. The Brits talked to other Luftwaffe pilots stationed in Berlin and Magdeburg during the last month of the war. All of them disputed Baumgart's claims. In fact, the pilots reported that Magdeburg was captured by the U.S. of A. 10 days before this alleged mission was carried out. British intelligence determined that Baumgart was telling porkies. And before you make any jokes, Art, oh boy, I guess you're always telling porky on this show since you're always talking to me and I'm such a pig. Anyway. Will you quit squealing? (laughs) No. Another report was okay. looked into by the American CIA. Uh, another report that was looked into by the American CIA was made by a, a man by the name of Philip Citroen. Citroen claimed to be a former Nazi SS trooper and also claimed that Hitler survived the war, escaped to Colombia initially, and moved to Argentina in early 1955. Citroen also produced a photograph allegedly of himself and Hitler. On the back of the photo was the year recorded, 1954, and the name of the man with Citroen, Adolf Schrittelmeier, or Schrittelmeier. Hmm. So, listeners, check out the show notes and you can see the photo for yourself. But, I have to say, the man in the photo does look like Hitler a bit. To me, maybe more like Charlie Chaplin playing Hitler, but it's close. Ultimately, the CIA determined not to follow the lead because the contact who reported the Citroen claims and the CIA itself could not adequately assess the veracity of the story. The CIA decided that it would be costly to pursue further and had no real evidence the investigation would be useful. Andy, you know I want to talk about the physical evidence. (laughs) Do you ever? (laughs) I love body parts, and this case has a few. It does. (laughs) Sure does. We've already established that the Soviets took possession of the teeth and skull fragments that they believed belong to Hitler and Eva Braun. The Soviets refused access to the remains for many years until finally, in 2009, the Russian government allowed a team of American researchers to perform DNA and forensics tests on the skull fragments. The American team concluded that the skull fragments did not belong to Hitler. In fact, the team determined the fragments belonged to a woman who was 
fewer than 40 years old. The skull fragments also appeared to have damaged from a gunshot, so it seems like it probably didn't belong to Eva Braun either because there are no reports of her being shot or shooting herself. Now, about them teeth. (laughs) Okay. Remember, the Soviets relied upon Hitler's personal dental team to confirm the remains as Hitler's and Braun's. That said, the dental records themselves had been lost, and the dentists made these identifications based on memory, which... Yeah, we'll get into it. <laughs> the Soviets made the assistants give extensive descriptions and draw detailed picture, pictures of Hitler's teeth, again, from memory, in order to make the match. One other piece of evidence to consider is the testimony from those close to Hitler who describe a man whose health seriously declined in the months leading up to the end of the war. There has been much speculation about Hitler's exact condition near the end of his life, with some doctors suggesting a range of things from Parkinson's disease, Huntington's disease, or even syphilis. There's been even more speculation about Hitler's mental health, with many suggesting that he was schizoaffective. Combine all these with the fact that during the war, Hitler was prescribed some 90 medications by his doctor for his many ailments. These medications included methamphetamine, opiates, cocaine, and barbiturates. Is it possible that this ailing crumbling, prescription-addicted man could be spirited away from rapidly advancing Allied troops and hidden away in South America? Let's discuss. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey, listeners, this is Andy. Hey, this is Art. Hey, we're coming at you right now. Not to advertise. No. Just to tell you thank you. We're so glad that you're here. We're so happy that you're listening. Uh, Every listen, every download, it really means a lot to us because uh, we want to make the best podcast for you. Take a moment. Let people know what you think. Share this with your friends. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you, listeners. And you know what? We don't want to take up any more of your time, so let's get back to the show. Welcome back, listeners. That was our research. That was our research into... Uh, That's right. Art and I have been thinking about Buckcherry all day. <laughs> oh, baby. Buckcherry. Woo! Let's go, baby. Uh, that was our research into what we're calling Hitler's flight, Hitler's escape uh, to Argentina or and beyond. I don't know. We'll come up with a better fucking... Hitler hawk down. <laughs> Woo, Andy. There is some shit to discuss with this motherfucking story. Yeah, you think so? You got... Um, you got a few minutes to talk about this, Art? Um, <clears throat> I think... Um, uh, let's just say, though, I mean, I got to say, you know, World War II, great conflict. I mean, what a great cinematic universe. It spawned the sequel, World War II, two, Return of Hitler, and eventually the uh, third and final conclusion in the saga, World War II, three, Hitler, Dark Side of the Moon. 
which was great. That was oh, a great, great, great conflict. Great conflict. Yeah. Uh, Andy, to put this in context, I saw Hitler and his moon warriors. Oh, those moon Nazis. Yeah. Woo, that was fun. Anyway, in I read this uh, in the research in 1947. Fifty-one mm-hmm. percent of Americans polled. Now, obviously, we don't. I don't have the stats on how many people were polled. Thought Hitler was still alive. Fifty-one percent conspiratorial thought and the lack of fucking hard evidence in this story. I mean, you know, this isn't some modern day thing. I mean, we we looked at this with JFK. People were skeptical. The moon landing. People were skeptical. It I happened. Have, yeah, and I I I think that um I think that people you know, this is an interesting one in terms of that because you have this aspect of just natural skepticism, sure, um which people exhibit and you know, uh there were closing, you know, almost immediately after May 1st, 1945. They make the announcement that Hitler's dead. Mm-hmm. It goes worldwide, obviously. Oh, yeah. You know, in a heartbeat. Huge news. Um, it gets everywhere around the world. That radio broadcast gets picked up and it's all over the papers. Um, almost immediately, uh, you know, intelligence services around the world start getting reports of people seeing Hitler. So seeing him everywhere. Right. He's at the grocery store. You know, it's like he's going to the movies. If you took if he's you, surfing throughout the 1950s. Yeah. He's surfing Hitler. He's a little Hitler. He's surfing down in Argentina. Whoa, surfing Hitler. Go surfing Hitler. Gonna catch a wave. Gonna come and eat ya. <laughs> He's a cannibal now. Hitler's a cannibal. <laughs> oh, woo, Hitler. <laughs> uh, but if you, t- I mean, I mean, honestly, if you, if you look at the, I mean, there are like tons of reports. Oh yeah, of of Hitler being. Literally all over the world. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like him. He's, you know, he's dining in a cafe in Paris. He's shopping in London. He's walking the streets in New York City. He's at a restaurant in Virginia. Like, he's he's literally all over the world. And, you know, there's no way that all of these reports are factual. So, um, there's obviously people were skeptical that he died. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that there was, I, I mean, if you put it into the into the historical context, um, there was some, there was a lack of, of definity at the time of his death because you have to consider nobody actually saw him pull the trigger. Right. Nobody saw him shoot himself. Right. Uh, everything, there's no, there's no photographs. The Nazis carried his- Nickelback ain't singing no songs about this. No, Yeah. Look at this photograph. <laughs> it shows where Hitler shot himself in the Fuhrer bunker. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Chad Kroger did not say what he, he can't. They'd be complete fabrications if he said that. <laughs> Chad. Look at this photograph. It unequivocally proves the existence of extraterrestrials. <laughs> Oh boy! No, you're right. Look at this photograph. <laughs> it's 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 a clear, perfect image of the Loch Ness monster <laughs> with trees and rocks and stuff for scale. <laughs> for scale. 
Uh, so uh, there was no photographs. Then you know if the 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 story that that you know they got out of the Nazis is that the that Hitler asked when he that he intended right to commit suicide right and that when the deed was done he expected the people in the Führer bunker to uh, carry his body up to the Chancellery Garden and burn it right he wanted to be immediately cremated because he didn't want to be strung up by his heels and mocked and carried and paraded yes. and uh that's you know. that's one point i wanted to make is that i think fair point i think it lends credence to that he committed suicide a little to bit be honest because a little bit um you know he he got reports days before about the treatment that mussolini and his mistress got in italy where they they were murdered they strung the bodies up. They tossed them in the gutter, and then it was a public spectacle to come and mock the body of the fascist leader. We saw that with Muammar Gaddafi. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think, I think you're right. And to be honest, let's 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 chit chat a quick sec about this little fellow named Hitler. Okay. Uh, can I just say, kind of a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> to steal a Norm Macdonald bit. Kind of, a, kind of a, kind of a jerk. He kind of sucks. This guy's a real fucking jerk. Yeah. He was a weird guy. Lot yeah. as we described in the research, lots of ailments, addicted to methamphetamines, a whole host of fucking drugs. Who knows? What the 90 else? prescriptions over the 90 prescriptions. four years of the war. Active vegetarian. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. He the only meat he ever really ate was liver dumplings. And whenever he hosted uh He tried to discourage his he guests discouraged from eating meat. De- guests from eating meat because he felt a vegetarian diet was like the the proper diet. Yeah. I mean, if that doesn't fucking show that this dude was a little bit off his rocker. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Obviously, he is an extreme narcissist. That's what I wanted to get at. Extreme narcissist. I mean, Art, put that psychology degree to work here. Oh, baby, you know me. I'm an armchair psychologist. Armchair diagnose Hitler, would you? Do do you think extreme narcissists are just going to live out their lives in peace and say, oh, well, I lost... Hitler didn't even accept it until like April twenty yeah, second. Yeah, the Allies are crushing them. Yeah, I mean it's like the the defense of Berlin. It's like something. It's something like uh, I don't know, seven. Like I don't remember the number of 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 Nazi troops that are defending Berlin. Right. But it's like over two million Soviet troops, <laughs> and. I mean, they're which is like a tenth of Russia. They're massively outnumbered. <laughs> yeah, and then that's just one side. They also have to defend the Western Front, yep. which you know, which the, is how the British, how his downfall happened. The, the Americans are coming. Himself. The British are coming. They're like both all coming from different sides. Like, I mean, they're. Can you imagine Hitler just like chilling in some fucking country with like some aides who are just like you know. And, you know, he's fucking bitching every day about how he wants to go back. And they're like, oh, mein Führer, please. There's no need to go back to the European conflict. Just let's just go surfing. And he's just staring out a window. He's like, ah, you know, there, nine. You know, there was a lot of. He's not going to go. He, he's not going to go peacefully. A lot of Nazi loot ended up in in uh, Argentina. Mm. And some of the speculation is that uh, with the concentration of Nazis there, that. Um, there would have been some attempt at a Fourth Reich. Yeah. But there wasn't. There wasn't. There wasn't. Right. That didn't happen. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, I think what you got were a lot of people who 
I don't know. I, you know, I don't know how many. It's like it's kind of like we talked about Operation Paperclip, right? It's like we took a bunch of Nazi scientists, whether or not their Nazi beliefs got carried with them. I mean, they just kind of came over here and did science, and we didn't seem to care. You know, you know, obviously we haven't talked about that in depth, but we've touched on it in the surface. But it's like, I think um, it's interesting that it's like we we took all these Nazis, but we were just like, well, we want you for your science. You, you know, <laughs> one of the uh, one of the people who escaped to um, Argentina was uh, Rudolf Eichmann. Yeah, uh, I think Rudolf uh, is his first name. Eichmann for sure, and he escaped to Argentina. He also um, was eventually captured by um, Mossad agents. So the um, the Israeli like intelligence service, right? Eventually, like they went to Argentina. Oh, it's Adolf Eichmann. <laughs> Fitting, yeah, good for him. Um, but he was. Um, he was one of the he was a Nazi um SS agent and one of the like key organizers of the Holocaust. So Mossad agents captured him and brought him back to Israel to stand trial right. for like basically crimes against the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And uh they they found him guilty and hanged him. But um there was a book written about the trial. Um the author's name is uh, escaping me. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But the key like phrase from one of the big, like famous talk takeaways, uh, from that book is, uh, Oh, it's Hannah Arendt and it's called Eichmann in Jerusalem, a report on the banality of evil. Mm. And like one of the key points that the book makes is that like Eichmann, he doesn't seem affected at all by, a holocaust right like he he basically absolves himself of responsibility because he says he was just following orders yeah and so hannah Arendt's point is kind of that even like like he's he's such a he's eichmann is such a mundane person he's just a follower follower his whole life yeah all he wants is to belong to something right and so like he did you know he did these horrible things People, Not because he hated right. the Jewish people or any other people that were he the just got swept of the Holocaust. Up in it. He just wanted to belong. Right. And he could belong to the SS and he could be, people were, you know, this was just what he had to do to, um, to have that. Little psychology story for you, Andy. I don't know if you ever heard of this experiment. Um, people asked that question after the war, right? They were like, how the fuck could normal, everyday Germans follow along with these how could they do this? How could they mm-hmm. idly stand by? People always ask that. And there's, there's not, it's not just Nazis in, you know, there's, there's Kitty Genovese. There's lots of stories throughout history of people who will just, they just watch terrible things happen and they fucking like, they turn, they're just like, they, it's not that, and they're not psychopaths. They're just, so people ask that question. They thought, how could, so I forget the exact, who ran the experiment. And this experiment was done before they, uh, they set like parameters for how to um, humanely do psychology experiments. This experiment is kind of fucked up. They would bring people in and they would say like, <laughs> we're just going to have you like do this like routine experiment. It's testing this new 
technology, whatever. We want to test like communication between people. So they would have the experimenter brought in and he would, the experimenter would, or the experimentee would sit in front of a machine. The machine had a series of buttons in front of it. And, um, you know, like in the buttons, let's, I'm paraphrasing. The buttons were labeled like one through 10. And then, so the, they were in another room, but communicating through like a speaker, like a speakerphone or something, uh, was the other experimentee. Well, well, now what the first experimentee didn't know was that the other person was a plant. It was just another researcher talking to them. Right. So they would say, okay, like you're going to have to answer a series of questions because uh, we want to, we're testing something about memory. So they, the first experimenter would say like, okay, I'm going to tell you three words and then you have to answer a question. Three words, dog, cat, cow. And he would say, like, what was the second word that I mentioned? And then the other experimenter would have to answer. Now, the other experimenter, like I said, was a plant, was a researcher. They would get it wrong. And when they would get it wrong, the first experimenter would have to push the first button. When they pushed that button, they heard a little electrical signal. And this electrical signal, and the, the plant, the planted person, the other researcher would then be like, ow, that hurt. They would shock people. Yeah. And they kept going. But it wasn't a real shock. It wasn't a real shock. No one was actually being hurt. But the first experimentee, they don't know that. They don't know that. Right. Everything they believe. They're only hearing it. They're hearing it. They believe that the person, every time they press that button, mm-hmm. they were hurting somebody. And it ramps up. It intensity. ramps up until it gets to the point where the experimentee has to say, like, if you get this question wrong, I am giving you a dose that is lethal. It went up to lethality. Jeez. Okay. Lethality. So they think they're going to murder another person. They and like it ramps up. You can listen to it. The 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 plant is screaming, begging for their lives. Please don't press that button. I'm going to die. Like they're going crazy. And the the experimentees are like talking to the researchers. They're like, This guy is in pain. I think you should check in. And the researchers would tell the experimentee, like, sorry, you signed up for this. You gotta do it. <laughs> you gotta press that button. Some like 40 fucking percent of people press the button. Yeah. 40, like a huge number, a number you would not fucking expect. Yeah. Press the button that would kill that person. Yeah. Now, obviously you could never, ever do this experiment ever again because it is incredibly inhumane. You're giving people PTSD. Right. They believe they just killed somebody. Yeah. Then you, you've instantly given them trauma. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm capable of killing somebody. I murdered somebody (laughs) for an experiment. Then you have the Stanford prison experiments, another great example where they got way out of hand. Students were, some students were the prisoners, some students were the guards. And whoo, that just fucking ramped up real bad. But I'm not saying, you know, and, and, and that these experiments aren't here to prove that People shouldn't be held accountable for their actions or their war crimes or whatever. No, no, no. But it just kind of lends a little bit into the human psychology of how like, fuck, man, we are weird creatures. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's, we will go along with stuff. Yeah. It's funny the types of things that you'll that you'll do just to not go against. I the mean, grain. you're a non-confrontational guy. Yeah. I think you'd press that button. If you heard Ooh. me on the other side screaming, saying, Andy, don't press that button. If you they're shocking my butt. If it were you, if it were you, I <laughs> you'd go straight to ten. If, if it would, I would do one, and then I would be like, "Do these? Okay, I get it now. 
So each time I press it, it gets more. What's 10 do? And they'd be like, oh, it kills him. And I'd be like, fuck him. <laughs> now, if it was a stranger, then I'd be conflicted. <laughs> no, it's fucked up, man. It really is. You'd like to sit there and think, like, I'm, I wouldn't go through with it. But the researchers would sit there and they would say, like, We're, you can't leave until you finish this experiment. Yeah. Obviously, a good number of people still laughed or refused, but a significant amount did not. Yeah. <laughs> Normal people, accountants, fucking nurses, teachers. Yeah. Whatever. Plumbers. Yeah. It's a f- man. What the fuck? I mean, we're we're like naturally social creatures and there's for sure a desire to be to be accepted into the into the group and and you know it's hard i think it's hard for anybody to understand what it would be like to the milgram shock experiment sorry andy the no, milgram shock experiment. milgram shock experiment it took place in 1963 examined justifications for acts of genocide offended by those accused at the world war ii nuremberg criminal war trials yeah sorry um but I mean, it's hard. I think it's hard to know what what you would do if you were in Germany, if you were a German German person at the time. You'd like to say that you're a Schindler, but <laughs> well, I think you'd like to say that you would you would just accept the fate of not participating in it. You'd like to, but it's hard to say. We're 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 examining this from a modern day perspective, right? And as bleak as sometimes things look in the world. You know, being born in the present is always the best time to be born. <laughs> For sure. Things always get better. Um, but fuck, it, you know, it, it it's messed up. And uh, anyway, I think it just kind of shows that, like, probably a good number of these people were just dudes who were, you know, they just fucking, they didn't actually want to start a Fourth Reich, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they want to go surfing in Argentina. <laughs> yeah, right. They're... Probably a lot of, you know, um, you know, like one thing that uh, Hannah Arendt says about um, Eichmann is that he he like grossly overstates his uh, like education and even the things that he did. Like he took credit for a lot of stuff that the Nazis (laughs) did that he didn't. do. I made those guys Nazi UFOs. That's (laughs) for sure. That's me. And like. That it all came out at the trial. I communed with in Jerusalem and fiends, yeah. It's like full society, all me, baby. What what she kind of said is is that this is just evidence for him almost that he needed to be seen as somebody who was competent and yeah. and stuff. And you know, for him, for him, it's like maybe maybe being put to death, maybe being this spectacle in this trial is better than just living out in obscurity probably, in Argentina. Probably. But probably not all of the people felt that way. No. There's probably a good number of them that were like, okay, this this, this is went, the best. This went way wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I don't I'm <laughs> oh, I'm God. I'm getting out now. Like, like I need yeah. to go. That shit back there was fucked up. Yeah. Like and now I'm here and I'm surfing. I'm hanging out with the gauchos. Yeah. This fucking rules. Jimmy Cherry? <laughs> And like I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I hope that that doesn't come across as us, like absolving the Nazis. No one should be absolved for their act. Like, yeah, it just gives us a lent. It gives you a lent. It's like serial killers. Right. There's a plethora of true crime podcasts out there 
You can say what you want. You know, I, I don't think it's wise to romanticize serial killers and what they do. But as humans, we're fascinated at how people can commit these atrocities. It's shocking. It's shocking. We don't understand it because it's just so, it's just why we're drawn to it. You There's know? a morbid fascination There's a morbid, with it. Exactly. I mean, and it's it's horrible uh, that serial killers do get romanticized because those are real victims that- Oh, they're terrifying. That are not getting romanticized. It's terrifying. You know, that you know? are just dying in obscurity. Yeah. Um, but- I mean, probably a lot of these people were more, I mean, they realized what was going to happen. They're not idiots. You know, if you can escape to Argentina, you, you know, the, uh, the leader take of Argentina the, at the time, Juan yeah. Perón, thought that the Nuremberg trials were a sham. Right. And that the allies shouldn't have won the war because they proved in victory that they were no better than the Nazis. Uh, because of the persecution of, you know, quote unquote, yeah, persecution, right? Um, I mean, you know, we took their scientists. We didn't give a shit what they did, right? Right? Yeah, I we mean, didn't give a shit that they were creating death machines. We we're like, <laughs> you gonna come create those for us? The more, yeah, the moral <laughs> compass here is, I mean, like we left morality behind yeah. a long time ago. We didn't give ago. a shit when they fucking split up Germany and caused a whole bunch of other yeah. It's like problems. it's like all these un, not useful Germans were the ones that we were like, okay, you have to be held accountable for yeah. your crimes. Yeah, you need to go to prison for twenty years. Yeah, um, but I think in general, narcissists they don't, they just can't. It couldn't be Hitler. Hitler couldn't have done that. He's just too full. It's either I'm fucking I'm dying, or like I'm not going to let them make a spec. I'm going out on top on my terms. You I know? agree with you. That's I what narcissists do. It's not. It would. Uh, the only reason that he would have to escape is if he thought he had a legitimate chance to right. rebuild what he already had. Classical narcissists <clears throat> don't always view themselves as the most important person in the room. They just think that everyone else can't do it as well. Right. It's not like they're sitting there like I'm the greatest. I'm the. Greatest. They just think that no one else. They're par they're more paranoid of other people fucking up and not being able to do it the right way than they are of you know, and and so Hitler was said I'm gonna fucking do it myself. Um, I think it was Himmler. Hitler got news in the waning days of the conflict in Berlin. Yeah, that Himmler was trying to negotiate peace with the Western allies with uh, mm -hmm. the USA and Great Britain and like negotiate a conditional surrender. And Hitler got so furious about it that he, he had like, he issued, a, he, 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 he ordered Himmler to be arrested. <laughs> like he's worried about loyalty even then, despite the fact that, <laughs> There's no way that they can win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's over at yeah. this point. And even still, I mean, I'm, and when I say it's over, I mean, I'm talking, this is like the 28th of April or something. So right. this is like two days before he kills himself. Like this is, you know, and he didn't even accept that, that, that he was going to lose the war until what, the 22nd of April. And that's only after the day before he'd ordered some counter offensive. Yeah. And, the general that he ordered, like he just didn't do it. Yeah, because he couldn't. He, he can't do it. Right. There's no way. There's. It's just. 
He, they were just way too thin. They're not. They're just he made the die. classic mistake of trying to fuck with with Russia in a war, in a land, in a land battle, I should say. Yeah. Which you it, historically you never do. You know, you will never win in Russia on your on a land battle. I mean, it's obvious on their terms. <laughs> it's obvious that the that the Nazis had um, some good minds in terms of oh yeah uh, military strategy and. Uh, obviously science and and technology and stuff germany's been a font of science for since its inception but hitler not a great strategist no kind of a shitty strategist (laughs) yeah among other things yeah (laughs) just add that to the big old pile yeah another black mark for (laughs) hitler's bad qualities are are really stacking up here uh, the giant uh, mass of trash floating out into yeah. the... Yeah. And this is just another Hitler, dirty diaper. Hitler's the human trash island. <laughs> I want to ask you this, Andy, because you know more about history than I do. Uh, do you think if Hitler just chilled in Germany, let's say maybe he tried to, you know, he took over a couple of countries, do you still think that... Do you still think that it would have spawned the entire... Like, if he had just chilled just in Germany kind of doing his own thing, not really shook the hornet's nest of going after the allies, the UK and America and fucking with France and stuff like that. And then, and then Russia, do you think that he would have lasted and that regime would have lasted way longer? Cause I mean, Hitler really viewed the West and the allies in particular as like the true enemies. He was like, we need to fuck that. They're the problem and we need to go get them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the genocide and the, you know, uh, cleansing stuff was kind of a sort of not secondary, but like insular. You know, you know what I mean. Like it kind of. Well, the it was the, part of it. It just that, became part of it. The rest, right? the rest of the world was the problem externally, right? And then he viewed. I mean the the viewpoint is that there are factions inside the country that right. are, um, that are, uh, uh, cause he wanted to cleanse and create his Ubermensch, his Aryan race. Yeah. There's, there's an external threat and an internal right. threat. Right. And, you know, part of that whole like fascism and yeah. nationalism thing. I mean, so if he had only, you focused, can't, you can't have a diverse, right. And nationalist, but don't don't you think it's agenda. it's really the external factors that was what brought in all the trouble and the war that that like spawned the whole thing, or do you think if he had just sat there and focused on the internal stuff, do you think it would have lasted way longer? It, it's a it's a good question, and I I think that the way I'm going to answer it is that you know even after he's crossed the Rhine and he's you know taken over Poland. European governments are still just trying to appease him. Right. They're not, they're not, they're not saying like, you got to shut this down. We're going to go to war with you. They're like, what can we do to keep you from doing anything else? Much like how the Pittsburgh Steelers tried to appease Antonio Brown to bring it into what's happening right now. (laughs) I'm, I'm on board for this. Let's see where this goes. You mean the you mean the Oakland Raiders? Well, no, the Raiders fucking released him. Did, they said you're gone. Yeah, what's <laughs> they the, didn't try to appease him. 
Pittsburgh tried to appease him and like be like, what? Can we, like, I don't know. Do you feel like the Raiders were more like that? <laughs> no. Do you feel like this is a bad analogy? No, this is a perfect analogy. <laughs> so bearing this out, where Antonio Brown is Hitler. Uh, <laughs> um, oh God. <laughs> You know, Hitler had all these medical problems. Antonio Brown might have CTE from using <laughs> well, that old helmet. And uh, uh, and he's got frostbite. Frostbite on his feet. Yeah. Uh, just like the Nazi soldiers in Russia. That's right. Um, I, I, it's hard to say. I think that the genocide aspect of it, um, this is probably a good cynics answer, but like, I kind of feel like if it was contained, I kind of feel like I world think, governments might have just. I think they it. would have turned a blind eye. I think they would have been like, "You shouldn't do that." Because didn't nobody really found out about it until the war started, right? It, or did it happen the other way, where people knew about it and they were like, "And then also, yeah, there's I'm, war brewing." Well, you know, it's. I think it's one of those things that it was a known thing, right? That was happening, and um. You know, people like, I don't know, like uh, the British, I think, use it as a justification for their own actions to say we're we were on the right side of things. Right. When I think probably the real motivation was more um, was less about that from leadership standpoint and more about national security. Right. And that is knocking on our door. Yeah, it wasn't. I think I think I think the this virtuous angle of like being liberators and stuff it's true that it happened that that you know the allied forces stopped the holocaust right but do I like do I think that that was the primary thing no yeah. so what you're basically saying is that all world war 2 vets are liars <laughs> no I <laughs> it's okay andy more like the worst generation. Oh, he's fucking calling you out, boomers. Hey, World War II. Well, vets, actually, those listening. are before boomers, right? <laughs> yeah, baby boomers are the babies of the. The vets greatest generation is they the World the War II generation. generation. Yeah. Uh, there's the greatest generation: baby boomers, baby boomers, Gen X, millennials, Gen Y, Gen Z. Uh, Wait, which one's Gen Y? There's the silent generation, which is the... Mm, those mutes. The generation before the greatest. Oh, yeah. So these would be like the... People who grew up during the Depression, like our grandparents. Uh, Even before that. Oh. People who are slightly older than that. Jeez. Anyway. You think, think of your World War I veterans. Now there's a fucking war. Jeez. Um... I think that individual soldiers probably, I mean, the aims of an individual soldier are, oh, yeah. are a spectrum. No, I was making, I was in jest when I said that. But kind of I think thing. as far as the belligerents go, yeah. the leadership, I mean, it was more about the, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, you, you can I look think and they say like, it's like. I think they like to to look at it with rose-colored glasses sure. and say. There was this liberation angle, and yeah, there was, but I don't think that that was the primary motivation. Right. I mean, I mean that's why, you know, we posed uh, the question. There's a reason we didn't get involved in the war until after Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we were happy to make arms and munitions for everybody. Sure. And, and pull us, I mean, rightfully, it pulled us out of the Great Depression, right? Yeah. Kind yeah. of. That the war effort 
created a ton of fucking jobs for people to go do and work in factories and then military effort. Uh, great, you know, surplus there. And that's suddenly tons of people have jobs and money. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it changed, it changed the, uh, the economy in this country for sure. I mean, obviously economies in Europe were completely destroyed as were many as structures. Yes. The land, human uh, beings, humans, farm animals. Yeah. Forests, trees, plant life, water, grass, <laughs> the dirt we walk on <laughs> completely destroyed. Cobblestone. Um, you know, I think people say that a theory like this is complete rubbish, but I'm going to play a little devil's advocate. I'm going to take a page out of your book, Andy. Oh, my God. And say that, uh, you know, people say that, but took us a long fucking time to find Osama bin Laden, and that was with modern intel. Um, and, you know, the rat lines angle of it is is very interesting because the thing about the rat lines is that they already existed. Right. So... If Hitler was going to make use of a rat line to get out of Europe, it's a thing that already existed. Um, obviously, there's evidence now that's been uncovered that basically the Catholic Church was helping Nazis escape right. uh, eventually. I mean, it didn't start that way, but some of the more, I guess, Nazi-inclined, um, <laughs> like the uh, former pope— uh, <laughs> Uh, Catholics were willing to help Nazi people, you know, come to Rome and then get out of, get out of Europe that way. Right. Uh, you know, under the cover of the Catholic church. Uh, I mean, obviously if they were going to do it, Hitler would have been a big, I mean, this probably would have been a boon for the bishop or whoever was helping organize this, you know, like this would have been a. This would have been a big operation. You probably would have had a... Hiding in a Vatican would be a pretty good place to hide. Yeah. Nobody gets in there. Yeah. It's got walls. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get in. Nobody knows what goes on in there. <laughs> Nobody wants to know what goes on in oh, there. boy. Future episode? Except the police. <laughs> Sting? Hmm? What? No. <laughs> I mean, like, law enforcement. Oh, okay. Because of all the crimes. Yes. Against children. Yes. Okay. Future episode, right? Yeah. That's what it, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's not so We're much. Is that place. a conspiracy? Well, I guess it kind of is. What goes on in the Vatican? For yeah. sure. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of stuff there. Oh, not, you're itching to talk about that. Not, not just pedophilia. There's lots of other stuff too. Well, uh, th- there's a myriad of things. <laughs> myriad. What, what's in there? Alien shit. There's all sorts of shit in yeah. about, about that. <laughs> anyway, another topic for another time. I think, you know, it's not that crazy to say that they could have. Yeah. They, the channels already existed. Yeah. Uh, they could have hit them in there in the Vatican for a little while till things cooled down or something else and then shipped them to uh, Argentina. I mean, I'm not sure how, how convinced With I the am. the gauchos. You know what a gaucho is? It's like an Argentinian <laughs> cowboy. Very right. cool. Yeah. Big knife. Very good horse riders. Uh-huh. Listeners, if you're out there, if you're a gaucho, look up the gauchos. Up. Hit look us up. Up. Hey, if you're a gaucho, fucking hit us up. To Argentinian listeners, if you're a gaucho, come on, don't get at us. Um, I, you know, I don't know how how Empanadas. convinced I am, Art, to be honest with you, about yeah. the story of Hitler being flown on a plane 
Because it's like they the plane's tough. They would have had to tran. You know, it's not like they could just land the plane at the Fuhrer bunker and he just climbs aboard. So they've got to first of all get him out of the Fuhrer bunker. Which uh, at the time that this would have been happening, um, the Russians were shelling the city center. Yeah, with artillery. Hence why he was in the Fuhrer bunker. Right, and so I mean, I don't know. They would have it would have had to have been a delicate operation. The plane has to stay overnight. You know, they can't just fly straight through to Denmark because of allied bombing. And you're telling me allied forces aren't being like, huh, what's that weird German plane? Just one Luftwaffe plane by (laughs) itself. You know, there's no shoot that motherfucker down. You know, no part of the story is about an escort or anything. Yeah. And so, you know, then they fly to Denmark and then he gets on a U-boat and comes across like, I I don't know. I, I mean, I just... That story is a little bit fanciful for me. Yeah. And then to to layer on to it that the investigation that, you know, the British spent six months investigating that claim and they pretty much debunked the whole thing because right. no Luftwaffe person they talked to corroborated that at all. Right. And it's easy to say, well, maybe they're covering for Hitler. Right. But it's like it it's not hard to go back and say, oh, well. The U.S. It, already took over this city that they supposedly spent the night in. It kind of goes both ways when we talk about the just following orders sort of thing, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, people follow orders when a person in power, but when the person loses power, I think you find that time and time again, we see that that's a trope throughout media, that when people lose power, you know, you kind of, that that quote, that adage, you find out who your real friends are. They're losing the war. The war is over. Hitler has no more power. He's done. You really think that like all these people are going to risk their lives to like, like what's the point of helping this guy escape? (laughs) If you don't actually believe in his sick vision, you know, if you're not actually a narcissist too, or like a sociopath as well, who believes in this cleansing, uh, you're not going to follow that guy anymore. Um, <laughs> you're just going to be like, ah, oh, fuck this. This doesn't really fit in, but I just, it, you just reminded me of it. And I feel like I need to say it so that I can just say it. So Goebbels was in the Fuhrer bunker. I was going to make a joke, but I, I... <laughs> Goebbels was in the Fuhrer bunker. Oh yeah. Um, and he was there actually with his, his wife and their six children. And with the Russians approaching, he murdered all of his children and fucking Christ. then himself. He gave all of his kids cyanide. So all six of his children, the only person that survived from his family Jonestown was his stepson. Why did the stepson live? I don't know. The I cyanide just didn't work. The stories, but his six children were in there with him and his wife and Jesus he, Christ. they gave well, what all of the, the children cyanide. Uh, she cyanide. Oh, okay. And then I think, I don't know what he did. I don't remember cyanide probably, but he killed all of his children. He just, like just, I mean, I guess I get it, but yeah. I mean, nobody wanted to be captured by the Soviets. Jeez, can you imagine? There was, uh, I was reading, I read something about how some of the German, the Nazi troops, were trying to cut west through Berlin so that they could go to the Western Front and surrender, so that they'd be captured by American or British forces <laughs> instead of the Soviets. Yeah, I mean, and makes sense. You got they, fucking Joseph Stalin, but they tried to, captured by Joseph Stalin. But they tried to do it, so they had to kind of retreat, and it just ended up like a bunch of them died. Oh fuck! Because the Nazis or the Nazis, the the Soviets were still like attacking. Yeah, this was still. <laughs> Jeez, but 
I don't know. It's just I it, as a parent, I'm like, oh God. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you put yourself in that situation. I'm like, geez. That is fucked up. It's I mean, I can't decide what's more disturbing. Hitler testing the cyanide on his dog. <laughs> His beloved dog, yeah. by the way. Yeah, he couldn't have just pick some fucking street dog. Yeah, no, his dog. <laughs> uh, it's so fucked up. He's like, dude. yeah, I don't know. It might not work on me. Test it on the dog. <laughs> I mean, like, and the or, ugh. And like I said, God, can you imagine being in that bunker though? He's a real jerk. I mean, this bunker's not great. That bunker would fucking suck. Yeah, ass. that bunker is ten times worse. Oh, and I was reading that it's below the sea level, so it's, like, constantly damp. They had, like, pumps that had to run 24 hours a day to keep groundwater from getting into it. And, you know, it was super crowded because there's nowhere else you can go because the right. Soviets are shelling the entire city. <laughs> and, the ally and, the, and, you know, the U.S. and British forces are bombing it daily. So you have to stay underground. Yeah. What a terrible, I mean, who cares? Fuck those guys. Yeah. They deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I, fe- oh God, it would be so terrible. Oh, this You're Nazi- putting yourself in Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, fuck those Nazis. They deserve that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. oh, poor Hitler. Poor- oh, aww. Aww. <laughs> It is in a damp bunker. <laughs> it was wet. <laughs> um. Oh boy. So, the Gray Wolf docudrama mm-hmm. was a uh, docudrama based off the book where they uh, kind of this a lot of these theories spawned from. And uh, at the end, it ends with people saying that they saw Hitler. Right which I think is kind of funny. And I think um, it's just a bunch of people saying, uh, I did. I did see mommy kissing Hitler claws and I'm going to tell my dad. What do you think about that? <laughs> Hitler claws. You think that that's how it went down? Yeah, I think that's probably it. I, I saw mommy kissing Hitler claws. Underneath the swastika <laughs> Yeah, I saw Hitler. He's a funny little dude. <laughs> he was surfing. I don't know why the image of Hitler surfing is funny to me. Surfing Hitler, I called him. And then I like to imagine that, like, the British intelligence are going to, like, fucking investigate all these claims. So they're down there in Argentina and they're, like, talking to all these people. And then there's probably one dude who's like, oh, Hitler? Yeah. No, I uh, I did not see him. Yeah, they're like, sir, this is very serious. Did you or did you not see Hitler in Argentina? Well, now that you Uber mentioned it, no, I did not see him. He just it just keeps replaying over and over again. Um, Great bit. It's a hilarious bit. Uh, classic bit. Um, let's let's uh, let's talk about um, incompetence. Let's talk about this art. Um, if you were Hitler. Would you yikes put yourself in Hitler's shoes? Whoa, these don't fit at all again. And um, if you if you were in the Führer bunker, mm. the Allies are advancing from oh both boy. fronts. Mm. Um, 
it's clear to you that the war is lost. Soviets coming in. You know that if you get captured, you're going to be, you know that if you stay in the bunker, you will be captured by the Soviets because the Soviets are advancing on the position of the chancellery. Would you commit suicide or would you choose to try to flee? Dude, I'm fucking escaping for sure. You'd escape? I'm trying to. You think, why wouldn't you put in a fucking escape plan? You dummy. You dummy. You would, oh, you should always have an escape plan. Just He's like an, you should always have a zombie survival plan. Narcissists don't do that stuff. Well, I'm a different kind of war criminal. <laughs> I'm committing all those war crimes, baby. I'm facing the charges. And I'm going to Australia. Yeah, that's where I'm headed. They're going to stick you in the ute. Stick me in the ute. Take me out back. Shit me out in a dunny. Oh, yeah. Throw my thongs at those red army soldiers, huh? Hey. Couple of bogans they are, eh? Yeah. Yeah, sure are. Grill me up on the barbie. Go in the ute. Yeah. Australia. That's where I'm headed. <laughs> I'm going to Australia. Okay. Where you can be Nobody gonna find me there. killed by the wildlife. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I probably wouldn't go to Australia. Argentina actually seems like a pretty dope place to go. I've never been to South America, but... Um, you know where I'd go? I like Argentina. You know where I'd go? Where would you go? India. So many people to hide in. You stick out, though. <laughs> I stick out everywhere. <laughs> where am I going to go? Where do I go with the people that are like me? A colony of Weeble Wobbles? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the hit coming to Fox this fall. The hit show, Obese Island. Oh, no. Husky Island. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I guess you're right. India's pretty cool. A lot of people. Too hot and humid for me, but a lot, of, a lot of places to seek, secret yourself away. What about Asia? India's in Asia. I know that. I, what I meant was not Southeast Asia, but like mainland Siberia. China. <laughs> yeah, Siberia. Like mainland China or Siberia. I'll just wait for the Soviets to get there and stick me in the gulag. <laughs> I could just go next door. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't you go to Japan? Weren't they kind of allied with Germany? I think there's a good. Oh I think yeah, in all the carpet bombing. In hindsight. <laughs> Probably better that he didn't. Well, Manfjord, here we are in beautiful Hiroshima. Oh, no! <laughs> the whole city's on fire! <laughs> We're here safe in beautiful Hiroshima. What Nothing is, bad will happen. What is that sound? <laughs> it's a whistling sound. Oh, What is that? Some sort of big boy flying out the my, sky? My tiny binoculars, Enola Gay. <laughs> What is this? What is what is this? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Radiation. No, it's true. Uh, Allied forces were firebombing most of Japan. Um, we All talked about that in our right Pat episode. Japanese General cities. Curtis LeMay they, authorized that activity. Yeah, and they uh, they still would not surrender. Yeah, till we dropped those bombs. So. Um, yeah, uh, I think if I I think if I were Hitler, I would have done the same thing as Hitler. You would have gone out. I I would have done cyanide though, because I'm I don't think I could. 
I don't think I could pull the trigger. Fuck. That is a that is a loaded question, pun intended. It wasn't a question. I was making that a statement. That is a loaded question. I was just You're asking me to put a loaded gun in my mouth, pull the trigger. That's a loaded question. <laughs> no. That Nobody's asking loaded. you to do this. That is loaded. Art, put okay. the gun down. Big dirty diaper. That is loaded. Pew, pew, pew. Oh, fuck. <laughs> buck cherry, that hurts. Oh, buck cherry, baby. Woo. Uh, but I would, I would, I, I would. <sighs> what if the cyanide doesn't work? Cyanide usually works, though. It usually it's kind of its thing. I, what would it, what's what's the side effect if it doesn't work? You just have to do it again. <laughs> I mean, like, what's Reader. the worst? If the bullet doesn't take, that sucks. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, if I if I vomit, for, you're really not going to attempt anything. You're not going to try to escape at all. No, I mean, here's my here's my thought of it. I mean, shave your mustache, shave your goofy haircut, put on some different clothes. But then what? You got to get through the lines. You got to, I mean. Just run out. There's no, there was no secure passageway. So you have to, you know, it, it, there's there's too much risk for me. Yeah. Well, that's the difference between you and I, my dude. Yeah. Because uh, I'm pretty fucking good at capture the flag. I accept my fate and you fight against it. I mean, you ever played Capture the Flag at camp? Yeah, I've played Capture the you Flag. You could run into enemy territory. Yeah. Take the flag, sneak the... F- I fucking snuck through the woods, Andy. I won. Planted that motherfucking flag. Nobody saw me. Yeah. One time when I was a little kid. I'm not very good at Capture the Flag because, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stealthy enough for a person of my carriage, but... Oh, in modern day? <laughs> Yeah. I'm talking about when we were little kids. Oh, well, I mean, I just didn't run very fast. So it's uh, like if somebody sees you, I'm screwed. Uh, I'm very going to catch at, me. I'm very good at not moving. They're going to catch me and then I need help. I would lay down like a uh, lioness in the tall grass and survey the field and no one would know I was there. Sneak up and I'd steal it and I'd sprint away. I could have been a punt returner for the FNL. 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 I learned uh, this. I learned. Uh, I'm elusive. Just, I just learned the other day that uh, female spotted hyenas uh, are maybe the only mammal that doesn't have an external opening to the vagina. They have a pseudo penis. And the male hyena inserts his penis into the pseudo penis for wow purposes. Whoa, <laughs> listeners, hey, you came here expecting this is what you're going to get. On Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Now that's what podcast. we mean when we say the whole enchilada. <laughs> we mean spotted hyenas. You, you think you're just going to get information on Hitler's escape to Latin America? No. We're giving you facts on animal genitalia. Hyena <laughs> genitals. Come Buck cherry, baby. Let's go. <laughs> God damn. Wow. A pseudo penis. Yeah. Jeez. That's the... Um, it's like the urethral opening is the pseudo penis. So the uh, female urinates just cause and gives birth through that canal. Uh, and <clears throat> it's narrow. So it like ruptures when the female hyenas give birth. What the fuck, Andy? Why are we looking this up? Also, what the fuck? <laughs> also, um, wait, wait, why are we, why were you looking that? <laughs> oh, I mean, I just occasionally look up uh, the anatomy of animals and their genitals just 
for research purposes. You're like, why does mine look like this? And why does it do this? <laughs> do you have a pseudo penis? I might as well. Um, oh, good God. Also in uh, hyena social structure, uh-huh. the females are dominant to the males. Yeah. Uh, they're bigger. And even it's a matriarchal uh, hierarchy. And the lowest ranking female is even above the highest ranking male. Wow. That's why they're always laughing. <laughs> you don't have a pseudo penis. <laughs> you have a real penis. Chinese are known for their laugh. Yeah. Yip, 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 Oh, is there a hyena? That <laughs> <laughs> sounds just what they sound like, baby. <laughs> Welcome to Art Safari. 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 I'm Safari. I had a burrito earlier. Oh, God. Where are we? Uh, in the bunker. Art, I um, I want to talk a little bit about um, this claim, though, uh, made by Citroen. Mm. Um, there's obviously a photographic evidence of this guy. I mean, problem with this, this is... Oh, who knows how accurate it is? Yeah. We don't even know that this guy was an SS agent. He just claims that he is. That was never verified. Can we just, I mean. That is a guy that looks like Hitler, but. Lots of people look like Hitler. <laughs> I'm looking at one right now. <laughs> I didn't have time to shave. <laughs> it's just how my hair naturally grows. I only had enough time to get the whole beard and part of the mustache. Okay. I didn't get the part immediately under my nose. Easily one of the worst sketches of all time, uh, written by you and I, about just some guy who who is trying to explain to his coworkers why he has a Hitler mustache. Now, you guys don't understand. Hey, look for that soon. Yeah, more no, great sketches. My name is Rudolf Hotler. <laughs> Hotler. But um, uh, that guy, the guy in the picture, looks like Hitler, but. Um, I gotta be honest, if you're Hitler and you escape to Argentina, are you really gonna keep the most distinctive mustache <laughs> in the history of the world on your stupid face? Yeah. And you're gonna leave your first name Adolf? And you're gonna be like, you know, nobody will know if I change my name to Scriddlemare. <laughs> nobody will nobody will know it's me. Scriddlemare. Which sounds me. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. sounds like somebody made it. I mean, Chris sounds like a children's Chris, game where you uh, pretend to be the mayor of a fake city that you draw. German listeners, let us know if that's a proper name or if that's a made-up name. Um, but I, I mean, it's like he didn't even bother to disguise himself. Now, sure, you could say maybe this photo's from what? It was from 1955. 19. When was the photo taken? Um, you tell me. Yeah, I know. Oh God. Uh, let me check this show, the the research. Uh, it was 1954. So by this time, it's nine years removed from the end of the war. So Hitler would have had time to regrow his iconic mustache. Plenty of time. So maybe he didn't always look like that. But he figures it's been nine years. I mean, at this point, I, to me, it's like he's hiding in plain sight then at that point. He's not right. hiding. Right. He's just living as Adolf Hitler in Argentina. Right. Surfing. Um, but I think it's telling the fact that the CIA looked into it and was like, I I mean, so what? Yeah. 
Like we don't even know anything about like their contact wasn't reliable enough that they felt like this was a solid lead. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, and we're talking about the CIA at a time when they were doing all kinds of shit. So I'm guilty. Right. Right. So why would this CIA not be like, I think that's Hitler. <laughs> Let's go fucking get him. <laughs> like you're telling me that you're telling me 1955 CIA is not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Let's fucking go down there and see what happens. <laughs> Let's send like eighteen wild. guys and enough ammunition. Operation Buck Cherry. Let's, let's fucking go. Let's send like twenty guys and enough ammunition to kill a small nation and see what the fuck there inspires. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, he you know, classic narcissist, he would probably grow it all back, but if he escaped, I think he would come back. <laughs> to your point. Yeah. Look, who is a reasonable facsimile for Hitler in history. What? I'm going to say Napoleon. Uh, oh. <laughs> facsimile. <laughs> Not you. Yeah, I know Not you facts a smile. You can't, you can't answer this question. <laughs> you don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. Go flicking your wrist at me. You don't know anything. <laughs> ah. And he's trying to swipe me away like I'm something this on a MacBook. Tinder for freaking smart people. <laughs> I'm swiping. He's swiping left on me. Get out of here. He's not matching with me. Um. Napoleon came back. They put him in jail and he came back. He got exiled. The motherfucker came back. Yeah. He didn't give a shit. Yeah. And you know, it's like all he had to do was just show up in France. Yeah. And he was like, I mean, I think he told the first garrison he came to where he was like, you know, you can either join me or later on I'll come back with other people and kill you. (laughs) And... They're like, okay. We sounds good to me. I like his style. It's very cool. He brought back us for the whole place. Welcome back from Gibraltar. I don't remember the island where you were. Starts with a W. No, that's where you lost. Gibraltar is not right. It was. Where was it? Oh God! Now you have poisoned the well. The mental well. What was the name of the city where he lost? Waterloo. Waterloo. Was it, uh, oh, <laughs> uh, Helena, St. Helens. That's a, oh, uh, guys. Something very wrong is oh. happening in his face. I think, I think he's constipated. Oh, boy. Elba, Elba, Elba. Elba. I think you're right, Andy. I think you bring up a really good point, actually. Uh, Thank you. you really think a psycho like Hitler would would escape and not try and start all over again? At the very least, there would have been some conflict with the Argentine government. Yeah, where the Nazis would have would have like run for office, right. and tried to take it over, right? Like, there's no way that he would go to Argentina and just kick back on the beach and be like, you know what? I did everything I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's like the i did of like it a- my way <laughs> <laughs> it's like the ending of some like eat pray love kind of movie he's like standing on the he's riding horseback on the beach he's not holding on he's arms just straight out and it's the sun is setting and he's just singing my way at the top of his lungs while the sea mist gently 
caresses him. Wearing like a white Fabio shirt. Whisk, whips his body <laughs> gently. Oh my God. <laughs> no, you're right. I, I think, <laughs> I think if he was still alive, he would probably try to come back and do something unless, I can't think of a reason why not, unless like someone was keeping tabs on him or something, but. And I have to say too, um, you know, gray, the gray wolf book, um, it, 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 um, it, it meant, you know, it says that he died in the sixties. Does it really seem like Hitler could have lived another 20 years? No, he had a lot. I mean, he had a ton of medical issues I mean, he, he pr- was like, not healthy. His left arm, he was like, he had so much, he had such strong tremors. Yeah. He couldn't feed himself. Couldn't like, feed it. Toward he the had end. shrapnel in his fucking legs from Operation Valkyrie when they tried to blow him up. <laughs> they pulled at least 200 splinters out of his leg yeah. after the bombing attempt. I mean, this motherfucker was not lasting long. I mean, hey, there's a place to retire. Argentina does not seem like a bad place. I mean, but he had he had mental health issues, clearly. Clearly. He had obvious health concerns, both actually diagnosed in his time and, you know, much speculation. I mean, you know, we said it in this in the in the research. I mean, doctors think that he had Huntington's disease or or Parkinson's or that he was experiencing uh like the long-term effects of syphilis that he had just like a long-term uh, syphilitic infection. That's that, interesting. That finally, and I mean, that has a mental component to it yeah. as well. He was a weirdly celibate guy too. Yeah. He like believed in celibacy and like giving himself to his state and like government and like, it's weird. And he like, uh, yeah, Th- there were some, there were some um, accusations that he only had one ball, <laughs> but um, there was a Soviet, a Soviet, um, like official that did an autopsy allegedly on Hitler's body, but he later, later admitted that most of the stuff that he said was made up. Like he made up a bunch of claims. It was just propaganda mm, essentially. Yeah. And he was one of the people that, uh, you know, encouraged this theory that Hitler lost a ball in world war one. Hmm. I think there's, uh, one major piece that we still need to discuss here and it's something that we see time and time again with every theory that we look at oh time i know where you're going with this i think you can look you can search and you will find me in the Fuhrer bunker in the Fuhrer bunker Incompetence, Andy, rears its ugly, fucking, stupid, dumbass little head. (laughs) Incompetence of the goddamn Red Army coming in there, fucking things up, fucking not doing it the right way, stealing lingerie. Listen, Andy and I love a panty raid as much as the next Soviet soldier. Okay? Right, Andy? You're a panty freak. I am. You can't get enough panties. Panty piss freak. You're a panty piss freak, and you can't get enough. But goddamn, guys, fucking hold off for fucking 15 minutes. Storming in there, fucking throwing the place apart. Can't tell whether they burned the body or not. It's You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. Incompetence. Um, they bungled it up. They they bungled it. Um, and if to our listeners in Russia or anywhere in the world who are Soviet sympathizers, we have uh, a few Russian listeners. Get at Art about his uh, what? His stirring indictment of the Red Army. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're not removing yourself from this. <laughs> if I'm going down, you're coming with me. You're gaking the cyanide pill. Um, I'm yeah, taking a loaded gun. They, uh, you know, they didn't really handle it very well. But at the same time, I almost, I could almost give them a pass in this case because it's hard for me to imagine a more chaotic environment than yeah. what Berlin must have been like in the closing moments of the war. Because, I mean, I saw a picture uh, online of like Winston Churchill in Berlin sitting on a chair that they dragged out of the Fuhrer bunker. And, you know, everybody's there. He's like chomping on a big cigar and like they're all laughing and stuff. And it's like, it's just rubble. Yeah. And it's paths cleared through just rubble. Right. And, and and so I don't know. I mean, if I'm if I'm a Soviet troop on the ground and I'm going through Berlin, I like I don't know what I don't know what I'm experiencing, you know? It it's got to be just absolute utter chaos. Right. And so it's not the best environment to do like a forensics <laughs> examination and you throw in, you throw in the variable of the Nazis torching the body right. immediately and then tossing the remains in a shell crater along with the remains of other people. I mean, the, the Soviets did find a, a, a Hitler double, a decoy, <laughs> and they thought it was Hitler. They thought they'd gotten his remains, right? but it wasn't. So, I mean, they were kind of in a fix, but- it's also kind of that thing of like, surely they knew that the bunker was there. I don't think that was, I mean, the Vor bunker, which was the, the bunker above the Fuhrer bunker, was older and it had been there for a long time, like since 1939. Right. A- and <laughs> the, the Fuhrer bunker was added after the fact, um, deeper in the ground and with stronger reinforcement. So they undoubtedly probably knew that there was, there was a bunker there. Um, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to me that it wouldn't have been, it should have been somebody high ranking who went to the bunker, like to the chancellery. Cause even, I mean, the chancellery is where the chancellor lives. Right. So that's where Hitler would have lived. Yeah. You know, in peacetime even. So I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me that it would have just been, you know, that they wouldn't have had somebody some high ranking officer there who could order things around and say like, I'm going into the bunker and I'm taking this and this people here. I'm how we're taking these this. panties. You guys can't have these. I need this lingerie. <laughs> no, I guess you're right. Like it's, why didn't, it's Z- hard why to didn't look, Zukov go? Right. It's I mean, hard I to don't look know at this from a, from a modern perspective and say, why didn't, you know, and then you got to remember that it, it's wartime. This is, you know, 1940s just not the same look i don't know that the red army was maybe the best organized i mean i don't want to cast aspersions on them but 
you know, but there's guessing, a lot of them. I'm guessing that uh, when they, you know, it was probably for the for the troops. I'm sure it was was jubilation for the yes. rank and file, right? Because it's like this is the final objective. Yes, you get to Berlin and it's like we made it. Like I'm, there's a chance I'm not going to die now. Right. So I mean, I'm sure that the excitement of the whole like finishing the task sort of takes over and you kind of get a little bit wild. Like when you win a college football game and you tear down the goalposts for some reason. Yeah. Or you do what I used to do and you strip down naked and then go into the middle of the field and (laughs) rub your genitals all over that artificial turf. (laughs) Good God. You take a shit? (laughs) No. In the middle of the field? I wouldn't soil the field. And then try and uh, cover it up like a dog does? No, no, no. I wouldn't soil the field that way. (laughs) Just rub your genitals on it? Yeah, it feels good. Okay. It's uh, the Get all know, those little pellets in there? Yeah, the rubber pellets get, you know, lodged in your urethra <laughs> and your sub penis? Yeah, my pseudo penis. <laughs> okay. Well, Andy, I think we have a few more fun little uh, questions and segments, but perhaps maybe first we should get to our verdict or Yeah, uh, why don't we issue a friggin' verdict on this thing? All right, Andy, what, hit me with your best hit shot. Hit me with your best shot. Beep 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 boo. Um, I think art, what I'm going to say, I'm just going to, I'm just going to make it simple this time. I think it's simple. Um, what do I think? The, the real conspiracy here is that Hitler didn't actually die in the bunker, right? Right. That he escaped. He's dead now. He's dead. Unless he was frozen cryogenically and then put in some sort of uh, robo body. There's no, there's no, there's no question that he's dead now. Right. Even some people who believe that he, he escaped don't think that he made it past the sixties. Yeah. So he didn't. He didn't have a lasting impact after the war in terms of, you know, new developments. Obviously, the effects of the effects of World War II linger in the entire world. Sure. Still. But um, did he escape? (sighs) I'm pausing. Um, And he's pausing for either effect or the fact that he's pregnant. I can't. (laughs) I'm making a consideration. Um, I'm. I've never seen Andy like this before, listeners. This is uh, you know, truly a sight. You know, Art, I'm going to, in honor of the spirit of this spirit whole Christmas. day, I'm going to buck cherry the trend that I normally set. What? And I'm... What is happening? I'm going to just go whole hog. What? And say, case closed. Whoa! What the fuck? Hitler committed suicide in the Fuhrer bunker on April 30th. The Nazis took his body up to the Chancellery Garden. Wow. They burned it with gasoline. They dumped it in a shell crater. The Nazis found pieces of it, but they didn't do a very good job of sorting it out, and so it was a mess. <laughs> you mean the Soviets? That's what I said, right? Did I say Nazis? You said Nazis. That's oh, okay. the Soviets. Yeah. Uh, wow. So case closed. Wow. I. The reason I paused is because I was going to say not plausible. That's not part of the scale. Are you adding to the bunker scale? No, I said case closed. Okay. I didn't, I was going to say that it, I didn't feel that it it was very plausible that he escaped uh, because I felt that it was more, I was more convinced by the evidence compiled that he died. But you know what? I buck cherried the trend that I normally set for myself where I play it safe. And I went wow. fast and loose and said case closed. You're really yeah, you're you're writing the fucking you're writing a Buck Cherry song. Woo! Cocaine. 
Girl, I love that cocaine. <laughs> love those kind of lyrics. Love that case closed. <laughs> I love that case closed. All right, that's mine. I mean, simple, simple and sweet, just like me. I I think he died in the bunker. And now part I kick of, it to you, Art. Part of me wants to take the cyanide pill of verdicts and say, well, even if he did live, it doesn't matter because he would be dead by now. So it's a moot point. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I get but it. But I can't, Andy. I got to face the facts. The bombs are falling around me. The Red Army's knocking on my door. Art, you need to and wake I, up to reality. And I need This to is your April 22nd. <laughs> oh, smoke weed, Everter. No, no, 22nd. Smoke <laughs> weed, Everter. Art, <laughs> snort cocaine. Snort cocaine every buck cherry day. Every buck cherry song. Fuck, dude. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm... Yeah, I mean, it's just like, wouldn't that guy do anything in his power to start over again, to do this, to win, to come back? Even if he was a sickly old man living in Argentina, wouldn't he write Mein Kampf 2 back to basics <laughs> or something? I don't know. Mein Kampf for dummies. <laughs> mein Kampf 2. More Kampf. Now with more Kampf. <laughs> More struggle. Yeah. <laughs> Mein Kampf 2. I did what last night? Mein Kampf and a baby. <laughs> okay. Um, don't you think he would do anything, even if he was like sickly on a deathbed, like instruct people to go, this is what you got to do. We got to come back. I think there would have been some buzz about a fourth Reich in Argentina. And so you're making I'm me... not even convinced, Art, that Hitler would have survived the trip. Yeah. Would he have had access to all these medications that he needed to keep him from being in crippling pain? And to, I mean, like, I don't know, because how much do we actually factually know that he took all those meds and took everything? Right. I mean, like, all I'm saying is that his schedule is like he stays up all night. He sleeps for a few hours he gets up, he stays up all night again. He puts Hunter S. Thompson to shame. Right, like he's on the Hunter S. Thompson <laughs> schedule. Uh, he's taking 90 prescription medications in yeah. four years. He's, he's. I mean, like he married Eva Braun after midnight. He goes and dictates his will to his, his secretary. He goes to bed at like 4 a.m. And then in the morning, it's like people are coming for, for meetings and stuff. I mean, like this this is a person who's on the brink at this point. And I I don't feel that this is a person who could handle the stress added on because none of the other stress changes for him, right? No stress is alleviated by escaping. Yeah. It's only extra stress added on to this already, this person who's, whose breaking point is millimeters away. That's my opinion. I think you got to follow you on this one, Andy. I think you gotta also say, case closed. Wow. I think you're right. Solely for the fact that I think there's no way that this guy would have ever stopped. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't I agree with you. Hundred percent. I think there would have been more there would have been there would have been more action. Yeah. Well, listeners, we won't stop ever. No matter how much you beg, no matter how much you beg, no I matter mean, how you much you keep the tweets coming to tell us to stop this podcast. <laughs> keep 
you know what? You can knock down this bunker door, drag us out of here, but we'll escape to Argentina. We'll yeah. keep doing it. Yeah. No matter where we go, bunker's going to abduct us. <laughs> Listeners, uh, let us know your thoughts. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Uh, use the hashtag. Mm, just use the hashtag Fuhrer Bunker. <laughs> use the hashtag Fuhrer Bunker. Or you're our bunker. Um, all right, I've got a question for you. That's right, Andy. You've got a couple more fun little questions. Art, um, pretend for a minute. Use your imagination. Mm. And tell me if you were a dictator bent on world domination. If. What, what title would you give yourself okay. in your government? Oh yeah. Um yeah, yeah. And assume that you also had to build an air raid bunker. What would you call your bunker? Oh. Um and please don't give me the cop out answer of saying you'd call yourself the Fuhrer and you'd call it the Fuhrer bunker. <laughs> no, that's been taken. Uh I Andy would go the route of I would call myself the Grand Poobah. Imperial Sovereign General High Admiral Emperor Art. I'd give myself wow. all the a fucking titles. titles. Jeez. I would force a bunch of universities in my country that I'm the dictator of and institutions to give me honorary degrees. I would just be fucking littered with medals. You know, just like North Korea, baby. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the fucking, I'm the, uh, uh, what do they say? The brilliant leader? Something leader. Glorious leader. Dear leader. Yeah, like dear leader, glorious leader. Grand Poobah for short, but Grand Poobah, Imperial Sovereign General, High Admiral Emperor Art. Um, and that's, you know what? I'm just going to be decorated as fuck, dude. Yeah. Pictures of me in every classroom and everywhere you go. Fucking statues. Weird that you started with classrooms and didn't have any other examples. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> In a lot of uh, Catholic school systems, there's a crucifix in every classroom, okay? So you're a megalomaniac on par with Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Well, he's a lot more successful than you are. I'm writing all this fucking fan fiction about how I would, like, I'm a, like a supernatural mega being. Yeah. All these things. My people are going to believe me. Um, wow. All sorts of great shit, yeah. man. Yeah. Nice. So what would your bunker be called? Um, Art's Place. <laughs> Very understated, <laughs> yeah. This is Art's Place. <laughs> nice. Art's Basement. Art's the basement of love. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd be like a, uh, like a Warhammer 40K God Emperor, which, funny, we're talking about, you know, World War II and Nazis bring up Warhammer 40K. There's are there Nazis in there? Space? No, Nazis? it's it, there's just a lot of like, you know, obviously Warhammer 40k is like taking, uh, how do I want to put this? It's like taking these ideas and blowing them up, just a thousandfold, you know, where it's this like crazy space conflict and never ending war. But there's a excuse me, there's a lot of you know. Not Nazi-esque, but Nazi-esque kind of imagery with the main imperial army or the human army, you know. You got your god emperor. They've got, like, all this 
you know. It's like a Holy Roman Empire type. Kind of, of yeah, but it's it's not nefarious in any way. It's it's just for funsies. But I would be like a god emperor. The people would hear stories of me and how I saved them from a cosmic cataclysmic battle with alien forces that has um and and that my body uh started to fail so they um like ascended and put me into a sentient computer system kind of like Mr. House from Fallout New Vegas Vegas as you like to say Vegas it's got a lot of Vegas my impression of you but that's what i would say so that i could also like why does everybody get down on me for pronunciation of vegas vegas just fun las vegas they you say the vegas i say vegas some people say vegas those people are dumb as hell they're dumb dude las vegas they're so dumb no i would be like a i would be like a sentient god computer being (laughs) you wait (laughs) you would become a computer well, that's the image. But then uh, I personally in my real body, I could still walk around and be normal. Yeah. You know, I'd go in like disguises and stuff and be like, you guys are really into the Grand like, Poobah, right? You're like, hey. You guys this, heard about the Grand Poobah? Boy, this is a great hot topic. You guys love the Grand Poobah, right? They're like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Why are you in a hot topic? <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> We're trying to sell Slipknot t-shirts. <laughs> These are my chemical romance Pictures aren't going to fucking... Hey, you guys want to go get our ears pierced to Claire's? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know a guy who works at Jamba Juice. Get you guys half off. Grand Poobah's cool, right? He's handsome. Wait, are you the Grand Poobah? <laughs> kind of feel like you're the Grand Poobah. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> me? Yeah. But if I was, <laughs> boy, would I be cool. <laughs> no, yeah, so then... um and I'd make it like a holiday. My, You know, my birthday would be a holiday where people have to go and visit where my... um. My consciousness is kept. Mm-hmm. I would just like fabricate a bunch of fucking like dope stories and I would just put out different like mm-hmm. codexes of my things that I did. I, I don't think I'd be that evil. I just would make a whole nation of people believe silly, fantastical things about me. Like, oh yeah, like the Grand Poobah, he defended us from the uh, evil unicorns that tried to invade in um, 1943 and he successfully defended him. He led the army. Of centaurs. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Grand Poobah says that we can't see any of that stuff because it would, uh, our minds aren't developed enough. Like, I would just do that kind of shit. Scientology. I wouldn't necessarily stuff. be like, yeah, like, I wouldn't necessarily be like, uh, that evil. Right, right. You know, I wouldn't put people in any, like, camps or stuff, but I would just, just have fun. Just have fun with the baby. Just have fun, baby. Come on down the arts place. Arts, arts basement. What about you, Andy? Did you put any thought into that? Yeah, um, I would uh, I would call myself the vice principal, and <laughs> I would do that just for fun. Um, the you know, vice people, principal, Andy, people would be like, "Who's the principal?" And I'd be like, "Nobody. It's nobody higher than me. <laughs> I'm the vice principal." <laughs> then they'd argue with you. They'd they'd be like, well, "What about the principal?" There's got to be you're a vice of something. <laughs> I'll be like, "You know what your vice is? Asking too many damn questions." Oh shit! Then they get abducted. Yeah. Why you shadow by government? my strongmen? Yeah. Wow, you're getting real Argentina with yeah, it, aren't you? Yeah, I got a whole stable of circus performers to come <laughs> do my bidding. <laughs> strongmen. Uh, uh, and um, my bunker, um, it would be 
Uh, I kicked a lot of different uh, ideas around about this. And I was tempted to go with the vice principal's office, but I think that's a little too <laughs> vanilla. Yeah. Um. So I think what I'm uh, not that there's anything wrong with vanilla. No, vanilla is a delicious flavor. Yeah. Um. I think what I'm gonna go with is underground lounge. <laughs> it's a lounge. <laughs> I heard the vice principal hangs out down there and smokes hookah all night with hot babes. <laughs> Why is it that we both thought lounge and hookah? <laughs> I don't know. Did you think hookah too? Yeah. Something about a lounge and hookah. Loun- it sounds like there's lots of pillows and pillows yeah. lead to hookah. I have never been in a hookah bar. Have you been in a hookah bar? Mm-hmm. I don't smoke hookah. I don't smoke anything, Art. I know. You have bad lungs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I've never done hookah either. Someone get Andy's CPAP machine. <laughs> I guess that's me. Yeah, there's nobody else here. <laughs> Bunker's not going to do it. Um, anyway, if listeners, if you've ever been to a hookah lounge, tell us about it. We'd love to know. Oh, we can't wait. But we don't want to go. No, let us know what your what do you what do you want to call that dictator name would be? <laughs> yeah, let us know what what your dictator title is. Um, and use the hashtag. Tell us what your bunker name would be. Use, I'm gonna pull my dict out. D i c t dict. Um, use I would say got my my dict. My dict says use the hashtag. My dict says my dict title. My dict title. D i c t. Title. Tweet at us. Email us. Let us know what your uh, title would be. Hey, maybe we'll read it on the show. Yeah, you never know. You never know. You can only you can send us a message. We'll might read it on the show. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're fucking crazy like that. We don't know what we're gonna do. Yeah, we literally don't know what we're, we're gonna do. Crazy. <laughs> um, Andy, I think that wraps it up. Yeah. What more can we say? Um, that's it. Case closed. Okay. Case closed from both of us. Listeners, thanks again for listening to another episode of Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. We love you. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Kiss, kiss. Uh, for the titular Mr. Bunker and for my rarefied Ooh. co-host, Andy Hart, I'm Arthur Stone saying, that was the whole enchilada. Keep it classy, baby. <laughs> I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? 
Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.